Now, remind me, you said you've got family, like, from Portugal, right? Or at least that's where that's where you're originally from, or your family's originally so, from? So, yeah, I mean, most of my family, they live in Portugal. I was born in Portugal, but, I mean, I came here when I was one. So I'm, I'm about as American. I'm the most American you could pretty much be, being an immigrant. But so. you speak some Portuguese, yeah? I mean, not as much as I would like. Uh, when I was younger, they, my mom and dad did send me to Portuguese school for like a year or two, but then, and I know I've asked my mom about it because then I, it, then it just stopped and I was like, why did, why did I stop going? And I Dude, don't Dude, that's remember. the best way to learn is when you're that young age yeah. and you literally are just attending school where all the classes are in Portuguese. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that'd be the best way, way better than like Rosetta Stone or like taking a class specifically yeah. to learn it. It's just way better. Um, when my, my family, my parents were, uh, we were missionaries over in Europe in the early nineties. We lived in Hungary Yeah. and I couldn't, I couldn't speak Hungarian to you now if you paid me to, like I can count yeah. 10 and I remember a yeah. handful of words here and there, but like, mm-hmm. even if I hear it, I might recognize like, Oh, that sounds like Hungarian, but I couldn't translate it for you. But when I was a kid, so I was there in like second, third, fourth grade, my parents said that, all of us, myself and all my siblings, we were all fluent. We just spoke mm. it like nothing. We could switch back English, Hungarian, no problem. Really? That yeah. was after not even a full year in their school system. It was like by that first main break. It was after two, three months we were we were rolling. Yeah. And uh, they would actually have us translate for them a lot because we just picked it up. Yeah. So, there's I mean, something about those kids, man. There's something about the kid age. Your brain just soaks it in. Well, it's also you're just doing it. I mean, it's like with anything else. It's like if you're working out all the time and then you just stopped for like two three years like you and then you started again your body's gonna have some kind of maybe muscle there, there but, muscle memory yeah yeah but it's yep. like then your body's still gonna be like oh i feel like crap it's been like yep. three years dude <laughs> yep absolutely but, which yeah. i thought was kind of cool like hey i learned this skill and then lost it in my life that's just weird yeah. to think about like i actually had that but anyway i i understand a decent amount like i can piece sentences together in port um portuguese when i hear it um, but there's just still definitely words. I'm like, I don't know what that word is. Um, but I can more or less like if I hear a sentence, someone speaking and I'm like, all right, I know like most of the words in there. So I piece it together. I, I pretty much get the gist. But as I mean, far that as means like you could probably travel to a bunch of you could probably travel to even places like Italy or Mexico and generally understand what's being said just because those languages. I know they're not the same, but Spanish, Italian, Portuguese have so much crossover. Mm. You probably understand a lot of it, I would guess. I could be wrong. Italian, maybe not so much. I, I know. I mean, again, there there are words that are similar for sure, but I don't know. I think Italian's generally very... the most the most important stuff, right? You'd be yeah. able to get yeah. bathrooms, emergency, phone, <laughs> shut up, you know, whatever. Pizza, pizza, yes. As food, long as you get pizza, all of your food. <laughs> Those are the most important pieces, yeah. uh, for sure. Hey, listen. By the way, I uh, have you watched? Have you ever seen Nate Bargatze stand up? No, I think you mentioned him last time or one of the times. I don't know if I actually let me see if dude. I can't up. recommend him enough. We just so we had some Nate friends over it. for dinner tonight, and uh, all our kids were playing. And so the adults, we were talking about comedians, and he looks familiar. We had them watch his. So he's got three specials on Netflix. His first one was part of the Stand Ups series. Okay. So he's season one, episode one of the stand-ups on Netflix. I highly recommend okay. starting with that one. That was kind of his breakthrough. So he's been doing comedy for 
whatever, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and not unlike a lot of comedians, like even like a Bill Burr, doesn't really hit it big until his late 30s, early 40s, when all of a sudden he takes yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so now he's really starting to take off. But um, anyway, the stand-up special was stand-up special was brilliant. It was really good. Uh, I didn't like most of the other half-hour specials that are in that series. I watched okay. a lot of them, and I, that, that's the only one that I th- watched all the way through. Hmm. Um, or maybe the other ones I did, I just didn't. They weren't memorable. Yeah. Um, but his was. And then he had a special. Once he had so much success, I don't know what the analytics were for Netflix, but I imagine that his was clearly the most popular one, I'm guessing. I mean, shortly after that, they signed him to do a special that next year. So he okay. recorded a, an hour long special, which I know did really well. That one just yeah. killed it. And he recently launched a podcast called Nate Land, which is really cool and entertaining. Him and his comedian buddies, they're really un- like kind of unknown comedians that he tours with. Okay. Um, th- but they Good. know each other really well. That's a really fun podcast to listen to. Yeah. And then he just last week or two weeks, I think it was two weeks ago, just put out his second full hour Netflix special. So Good. really, Good really him. funny. Yeah. We need a, you know, in these dark and trying times, Tim, we need a, <laughs> we need comedy to be the shining light through the, through the clouds. All right. We need some levity. <laughs> because, you know, it's just, and, and comedian, and like Bill talks about it all the time and just other, some of these uh, older comedians, like how they'll say, for example, they don't even go to colleges anymore because everything yeah. is just so PC on these college campuses. It's like, right. it, it, it's like they're just trying to destroy comedy because they take everything literal. And it's like, well, it's a joke. That's right. That's what they're doing. Well, they're telling. Burr has been saying that he's know? loving the younger generation that's coming up now. They're the ones that are going to start hitting. I college think it was Bill. Pretty soon yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they're the ones who are starting to swing back the other way of like, wow, right. the millennials are ridiculous with a lot of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so he, at least in his mind, from his perspective, he feels like it's starting to swing the other way. And there's probably some truth to that. I think there's an overcorrection. I mean, the way we see political correctness now, we can't pretend like it came out of nowhere. It's in response to a whole bunch of horrible crap that's been happening. Sure. Yeah. Like, Awful you, stuff. Horrible treatment of people. Lots of like, there are things like racism and the Me Too oh, movement happened for a reason. Some of this stuff is awful, but it went. It's just like overcorrecting when your car starts to go off the edge of the road a little bit, and then you kind of like swing too far, and then boom, yeah. now you're across the median. And the other side, it's like there's, whoa, it's a little much. There's no nuance in in thinking anymore. It's it's either it's just this or it's this. There's yeah. there's no in between. There's no like breaking things down and examining things in like portions and and. But I think it's it. hap- it's coming back though, and I think yeah. I, think I hope so, Tim. Back. I could be wrong, <laughs> but I and I think it's thanks in large part to folks who have been they kind of withstood the tide of the social pressure to become mm. PC. And I'm not saying that he's the best comedian or podcast host, but guys like Joe Rogan are to thank for that because he mm. just kind of stayed the course. He stays off Twitter. I think it's just his marketing yeah. social media person who posts. He doesn't care if they try to cancel him. He doesn't even know that he's they're trying to cancel him, and he never acknowledges right. it, even on his show. He never. He, <laughs> and someone might even tell him, like, hey, they tried to cancel you. And he'll just laugh, like, really? When? When did yeah. this happen? <laughs> like, he doesn't like, oh. Okay. So having this perspective of just kind of like – being able to uh it's okay to kind of be in the middle and ask questions and make fun of everything and just kind of keep a lighthearted yeah. approach to life i think is a good thing so anyway all that to say i do think it's swinging back the other way now i'm just hoping it doesn't overcorrect back the other way where now everyone's I mean, super rude again it's just it's it's yeah, it's just tricky because it's like there's billions of people on this planet and everybody's different and 
some people are just more easily swayed. So like then they start learning some of those negative habits, those bad habits. So then it goes sure. back one way. But then like there's some positive habits that a whole group of people are trying to show people. So then some people shift there. It's like it's just it's always going to be shifting. It's just I don't know. Human yeah. beings, su- human beings suck, Tim. We just we suck. We, all of us do. It's <laughs> very, very true. We just suck. I, it's one thing I keep telling my kids because I'm going to keep them off of social media for as long as humanly possible. Um, Smart. But so, because I think that is one reason why so many teenagers are struggling with so many different things. I think they they can struggle anyway. You can't protect them from everything, so there could, right. there's going to be issues. But keeping them off of social media is one major source of stress, anxiety, comparison, depression. It's just like, why would I let them go on there? Sorry that you're mad at me, but I'm not letting you go on Instagram yeah. or Facebook or Twitter. Sorry, you're not doing it. Yeah, anything. no. I mean, I pretty much just use social media, and and, and like I only occasionally check twitter i'm mostly on facebook is is really just in our group and video game stuff like i'm not having conversations with strangers i'm not like even people that i went to high school with i don't like comment on their posts or anything it's like i kind of don't even really want them on my friends list to be honest with you (laughs) most of them because it's like i don't I, i don't hang out with them you know i'm not like i'm not like friends with them like in a literal sense it's just like oh we went to high school together and like you know i guess we got along and that's fine but you it's know, like, I, I went through a phase yeah. where I wanted that, though. Like, I wanted lots of connections. How cool. Mm. And so I would send – I sent so many friend requests over the couple, over several years to the point where I've got so many, quote-unquote, friends on the friends list. Right. I'm not even going to bother going through to remove them. Like, I'm just, I'm just like, whatever. It is what it is now. I don't really care. It's fine. Sure. But there's so many that now I would never become – social media friends with because we don't ever talk in real life i haven't seen right. you since graduation day why would yeah. i pretend like we're friends which by the way my uh this spring i don't know if we'll actually have one or not but it would be my 20 year anniversary from or my 20 year um reunion if we did a reunion oh, okay yeah, yeah for yeah. high school graduation i'm hitting the 20 year mark man this is a big one Jeez. you're so yeah. old i'm so <laughs> so old yeah yeah what was that back in the 70s or <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I never saw the 70s. Thank okay. I'm an 80s and 90s boy. Gotcha. But uh, but yeah, I always try to tell my kids, like, uh, basically, don't worry about how you compare to someone across the country or around the world. Don't worry what they think of you either. That's actually not mm-hmm. important. Like, it might feel important because it's felt right. important to me before. Like, I want so-and-so, faceless person named whoever that I'm commenting with, I want them to see my point of view, think that I'm smart, cool, kind, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or just correct. I want to be correct. And that's been important to me before. And then when I look back on it, I feel so stupid that that was ever important to me. Because the only thing that matters is like your actual human circle of influence. So like if, you, right. if you're having a positive impact on the people you see at work, in your neighborhood, at school, uh, and wherever you go off to college, like if that – if your core of friends and people that you connect with have, have be a good influence there, keep those relationships strong, who cares if some moron – across the globe doesn't like your comment and laughs at you and makes fun of you who cares ignore him block him yeah. or just don't go on that platform and honestly so. how you feel about yourself that's also important because there's so many people that just like are just so self-loathing and it's like don't don't be you don't have to be like that that's not you know that's that you're just harming yourself and it's like even people around them could be like oh you're so great and, and like legitimately believe that like you're great but like you're just so hard on yourself and people it's get true. depressed and it's like, you know, don't don't beat yourself up. It's you're just a person. We all have flaws, you know. I do know there are folks who are in our Facebook group and who listen to this who that is actually an issue that they deal with. And so 
just so you know, you're way cooler than either Dan or I, or at least I. Well, uh, I mean, I'm I'm kind of cool. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you're very yeah, blue. Someone... <laughs> I am. I'm blue. Dabo D Dabo D. You're very um, blue. <laughs> but on a serious note, um, you know, when I went to therapy, that was a big help. So if mm. if you're ever actually legitimately struggling, like don't don't be all like a tough guy. Like, oh, I don't need to. It's like it's fine. You're a person. However, however you need help or whatever can help you. Just go, go do it. Just whatever you need to do. Just I know that for a lot of us, uh, we ended up getting unintentional therapy. And I'm being serious about this for months and months and months of all playing Rocket League together. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there were plenty of times where we all played together and talked. And it was conversation-wise, it was pretty empty and there was nothing there. That, that sure. definitely happened. Shenanigans. But there were also times that happened where, especially if it was a smaller group, like if you could get in that two to three range, maybe four people, but usually two to three people that were just playing and just going round after round. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, four hours has passed and you, we got into some deep stuff. And I know yeah. there are people, my, at least I'm, I know for me, like some of that was therapeutic in a way where it was mm-hmm. talking about family and relationships and religion and politics and culture yeah. and social media. We talked about everything, man. It was awesome. So maybe you need that kind of connection too. And so uh, hopefully if you're in our group, on Facebook, you can find some folks to uh, to hook up with and to game with, to get some of that gaming therapy. Which I I know it's easy to joke about. I truly think that's a thing. Like when you're act when you're gaming together, doing something fun that's a little bit mindless, uh, working together on something, maybe competing, but also just kind of shooting the breeze while you're while you're playing. It's awesome. I I would legitimately love to just have us all playing more Rocket League again. Cause yeah. I mean I was just playing a second ago actually before we came on and. It's like, yeah, I mean, this is just still fun. I mean, still so good. It's yeah. still fun. And I mean, again, like I've mentioned before, I feel like since it's gone free to play, there's definitely way more just like people who are just completely insane and don't try to like play like it's actual soccer. You know, no one's playing positions. Everyone's just chaos. But like if you're playing with friends, then it's like, well, at least you're playing with friends. And that's fun. Yep. So. I remember when we would even have larger groups, it'd be like six of us or something. Mm-hmm. Then we would do just three on three private matches and just keep yeah. cycling, kind of randomly assigning teams. That, even that was a blast. But uh, inevitably, someone would invite a friend of a friend who had drank way too much. And <laughs> the rest of us were like, oh my gosh, who invited this guy? And <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Inevitably, somebody would ur- urinate a lot and <laughs> and bring their we- mic with them to the bathroom. Yep. And we'd hear the echo of it hitting the bowl. And <laughs> and then they stood and trash I- talk us while they're peeing. It's like, dude, stop talking to us while you're doing yep. this. And Stop. just talk, talking about ass to ass. and <laughs> so He doesn't, much. He so doesn't much. listen to the show, but I mean, no, you know. If he, if he did, he's getting some major love today. He's, he's been mentioned by name once and now by description a second time. Man, that is, that's too much, actually. That's too much. Yeah, too much. Uh, but hey, listen, speaking of gaming and gaming with other people, I did want to talk a little bit about the major release that came out this week that I've been playing. Uh, and that is Monster Hunter Rise. Just came out yesterday. We're recording on a Saturday. You'll probably be listening to this on Monday. So just came out this past weekend. Dude. I, okay, so in 2018, was it? When World came out? I think it was 2018. Was or World. 2018, 2017. I don't know. All right, Let me fact, double check. Yeah, Although, fact, Tim, um, think just it was don't, don't be scared, but there's a monster actually right behind you. Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, Monster Hunter World came out. This was the first time that a Monster Hunter game actually hooked me, was, was Monster Hunter World. 2017. December. So it was pretty much almost 2018. What? That's why that can't be right. Yeah. Initial release, December 22nd, 2017. 
What about in the U.S.? Was that Japan? Uh, well, it does say initial release. I feel like that was a worldwide. Um, I'll, let me check the Wikipedia page. I could have sworn that World was like a January, February game. Uh, maybe I just swear I just saw January then. Uh, wait, so now it's saying January 26, 2018. So what's that 20? Maybe they uh, maybe other right. it's Japan then. In the, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's right. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, pretty close to yeah, the Japanese release then. That's actually not, yeah, it's only a month behind it. Um, so this game hooked me. All the other ones had always interested me. I was like, cool, an in-depth RPG where you're, I mean, it's in the title. You're literally hunting monsters, upgrading equipment, skills, gear, all this kind of stuff, you know, weapons. And, you know, it's a steep learning curve, but very satisfying when you finally start to defeat monsters. And I tried a number of them, and I just couldn't. I was just like, I don't know, something about the combat doesn't feel right, and it is a steep learning curve. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, and each battle takes forever. And I was, my expectations were in a different spot. So yeah. when World came out, they did a great job of introducing you to the world and some of the basic mechanics, and they send you on a ton of smaller missions to go explore, to go collect a certain type of vegetation, to kill some of the smaller just mobs and enemies that are around. And they give you some encounters with big bosses, but they're not expecting you to beat them yet. They just want you to kind of get familiar with it and learn the traversal and all that. Then they give you a boss that's quite easy, and he has like two or three attacks that are very easy to dodge, and even if you die, they don't punish you. You kind of quickly start back at camp and can run back to where you're fighting. Yeah. So it was very friendly. I remember Monster Hunter World being very like, wow, this is easy to get into. And I got hooked and I picked my, I finally settled into a weapon. I got into a groove and I spent, oh, I probably put 80, 90 hours into that game, something like that. A lot. I spent yeah. a lot of time in that game. Loved it. Played it all the way to the end. There's kind of like a what feels like an ending and there's a big cataclysmic event and then yep, there's a whole yep. bunch more of these elder dragons you got to fight. And it's, yeah. it's just, it's so epic. Some of the battles at the end are just super, super epic. So I loved that game. It was one of my favorites of 2018. The problem with that monster hunter world was going up against stuff like God of war, Spider-Man, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, <laughs> Red Dead Redemption two. Yeah. So it didn't end up like as my favorite game of that year, but it still was one that I thought of very, very highly. So when monster hunter rise was announced, at first, I thought, sweet, finally, a good follow-up to World, because it looked like World. And then I saw it was on Switch only. Yeah, yeah. And I am not trying to be a PC or next-gen <laughs> snob. I'm really not. But I immediately got concerned, because I was like, World looked pretty good on the oh, base PS4. Yeah. And then when I started playing, I got I played it again a little bit, at least, uh, probably 10 hours or so on the Xbox One X. So I had some upgrades, looked even better. And so I'm thinking... When I want the next Monster Hunter game, I'm expecting a huge step up visually and performance-wise. Yeah. So I was a little bit disappointed that this was a Switch exclusive. As much as I love my Switch, I wanted this game to be, you know, meaty visually and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta tell you though, at 24 hours in at this point, I haven't played it for 24 hours, but I've I've owned it for 24 hours. I played it for I think seven. Yeah. Uh, it looks great. I yeah. can't believe how good this game looks. I put it in docked mode. I've played it handheld a couple times. It runs fine. I did notice mm -hmm. a little bit more jitteriness during big, epic, chaotic moments uh, in okay. handheld. But nothing that's, that like made me mess up or ruined it. I just kind of noticed it stuttered a little bit. Um, I feel like it would play better uh, on handheld, no? Yeah, in docked mode, I in hmm. personal experience, docked mode has been running really smoothly. Okay. And it looks fantastic. The only 
visual hiccups are going to be when you look really close at certain elements or sure. you know, facial yeah. expressions are a little bit like, yeah, it's a little last gen looking. Um, but well, that's the difference, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. It's, it's, it's just of, like kind of the sharpness of everything isn't quite there because it's right. just it's a less powerful machine. So, right. but they do know. some clever things to cover up for it. So they really do a good job, I think, with the design of everything from the water to the rocks to the grass. It's designed in a way that as you're just exploring and moving fast and fighting, it all looks quite good. It's not till you yeah. really slow down, and you don't in Monster Hunter games. You're not really meant to slow down and spend a lot of time looking at one area. You're meant yeah. to move around a lot, and then the monster that you injure is gonna take off and move to a new area, and you got to go follow it. You know, you got to heal up and sharpen your weapon and go at it again. You're not really hanging out in one spot, so mm-hmm. um, that plays to its favor, I think, because as you're zipping around, you're riding your dog around all over the place trying to chase this monster down. Everything looks great. The water looks good. The combat looks good. The all the explosions and the impacts as you're hitting the monsters with your attacks look fantastic. Um, I played with uh, with our buddy Kyle, who was on the show last week. Uh, he and I got to play for a few hours uh, on the night that it came out, and it I had no issues at all. He was playing handheld mode. I was playing docked mode. Both of us were over a wireless connection. Neither one of us were directly wired. Oh. Great connection, no issues. That's good. Um, the only issues we had were just us needing to get good, because our first battle, we struggled. Sure. <laughs> you know? Um, I did read that when you team up with others, um, you know, hit points and attack power, all that stuff of the monsters gets buffed up. So as soon as yeah. another person joins the party, it goes up a little more. So the first boss we fought, we weren't really ready for, but we we made it. We barely made it. They give you like a 50-minute time limit on each hunt mm-hmm. for most hunts. Yeah. And so, I mean, we were down to the wire. We had already gotten the 10-minute warning. And so I think we probably had about five minutes left, just over five minutes left. When, well, they mixed up the combat in this one a little bit, right? Didn't they add like one or two new kind of new features compared to World? Or so they do have some new weapons. Uh, at least I think they do. Otherwise, they could have just been weapons that I never noticed in World. They do mm. have that, but yes, they did mix up some of the combat. There's a lot more verticality to the combat now, whereas yeah. before you relied really heavily on your weapon type. So, for example, if you use the insect glaive which is a weapon where you use these insects to launch yourself around and to launch attacks at the enemy. That's yeah. a good one if you need to kind of bounce around. And it wasn't until Iceborne that they introduced the grapple hook. Uh, right. And so that allowed you to really zip to a monster much quicker. Well, now they've got a lot more airborne abilities, and it doesn't really matter what weapon you have. Every weapon has the ability, to, you have the ability to launch yourself in the air because you're trying to uh, basically web the enemy. So if you do a certain kind okay. of a silk bond attack, you're kind of not only hitting them, but you're applying all this silk. And um, that's an item that you actually have to have uh, in your inventory, right. too. So you're, you're applying all this silk, and eventually they'll get webbed enough or injured enough where you can jump. It'll say, like, um, mount the monster. And so you can mm-hmm. mount them. You have a chance to then use them to fight other other monsters that are around. Or you can just make them ram themselves into a wall and, uh, and injure them that way. So it, there's a lot more options, uh, in my opinion, that way. Also... As Kyle and I were battling, we kept running into instances where other monsters would join the fray. And it was right, so yeah, yeah. epic and chaotic. And we we both kept commenting how cool it was that we're trying to take down one of the first bosses that we were fighting in multiplayer, at least. It's like the fourth one you fight single player is this big bird. It's like a crane. And it has a huge kind of umbrella um, thing that opens up behind its neck. A little bit like that one dinosaur from Jurassic Park. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 
attacks Newman. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Newman. <laughs> it's a little bit like that. Uh, but anyway, and this thing shoots fire. Uh, it actually, it's really clever because it's got these long ostrich type of legs and it'll stand up on one leg and the legs are both heavily armored. And hmm. if you're just using an on-the-ground weapon, it's hard to take this thing down, which is why it took us so long. It wasn't yeah, until yeah, yeah. we started to learn how to launch ourselves a little bit more. Convenient that a flying enemy has armored legs. He just <laughs> right. flies away from you, and then it's like, well, you're whacking at his feet. And he's like, nope, you got, you, yeah. nope. Not That's happening. why it took us so long. We, like, we just weren't, our, for some reason, we couldn't comprehend. Like, oh, yeah, you need to figure out a way to get him, to force him to bring his head low, to smack him on the head. Yeah. yeah that's where the real damage was getting done. So, so yeah, I mean, we, we kind of learned the hard way with some of that stuff. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a new monster we hadn't seen before shows up. And those two face off and start roaring at each other. And we both were like, what? So we kind of like take a moment <laughs> yeah, to like, heal up, sharpen our weapons. And then we dive in and join the fray. It was just so much fun, man. We had a lot of chaotic, crazy fun. And what's really cool is there's so much loot to gather, especially yeah. when those monsters clash. So when you're fighting, and this is the same with World, and probably the older games too, you're if you hit them correctly in their weak spots, you can break pieces off. And then yeah. as you gather those pieces, it could be you got a beak or a tail or a bone or hide or something. Mm -hmm. And those, of course, are used as key items to create new sets of armor or new weapons. And But when the two monsters collide whether you're controlling one or not. A lot of times, if you're able to, you can maybe ride one and make it fight the other one. Yep. Uh, but they're already fighting, and they're doing huge moves against each other, and they're knocking pieces off like crazy. So if you okay. run around, you can just pick up tons of loot. So you that's, actually... That's convenient. It's actually good when they collide. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, but... Have you but had yeah. instances where they both turn on you? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They can both turn their focus on you, but for the most okay. part, they focus on each other. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, there are also, there's so many items and so many weapons in this game. A lot of them, if you played World, you'll be so familiar with this stuff right out of the gate. A lot of the weapons, bombs, traps, you can make exactly what you remember from previous Monster Hunter games. And I think that's a good thing because they do add some additional wrinkles in. So it's yeah. good to have those tried and true items and, and uh, strategies that you can use. But yeah, you can right away, once you start picking up certain beetles, and if you start picking up the little dung piles that you see, you throw mm -hmm. a dung bomb at any of them, and they'll run away to another location. Yeah. So, nice. uh, it's funny, Kyle and I were trying to find the first monster, all of a sudden I hear him go like, oh, I found some poop! <laughs> <laughs> Just hurl it, uh, hurling feces everywhere. Found some poop! Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I tried some of the weapons, but I still landed back at my hammer. I love that gigantic hammer. Yeah. It's one of those weapons that's really slow, but if you can land combos in the right way, once you learn the monster's movements, you know when to start your combo. Cause on my, with the hammer, I can hit on the third, fourth and fifth hit. You're doing mega damage. So is so, it like the stag hammer on Valheim? Very much like the stag hammer, <laughs> even slower. I see. And, oh, even slower. Yeah. Um, oh man, I love that stag hammer too. But um, shut up. But yeah, so I I definitely I'm so hooked on this thing again. I I I gotta be honest. I was a little apprehensive that not only visuals, but I was really concerned that performance on the Switch just yeah. wouldn't be there and it wouldn't yeah, be yeah, as yeah. fun. And I also thought, you know, I feel like I might have monster huntered myself out. Like I feel like World might have been my one monster hunter adventure, and that's it. Yeah. Nope. I am pulled right back in. All the armor looks great. The armor design is amazing. The weapon design is cool. They carry some of it over from previous games, but there's so much new stuff right out of the gate. There's all these new mm -hmm. armor sets you can open up and start. And you, then you start to realize, okay, I'm going to try to do more hunts of this type of monster because I need these parts to make this armor set that I want to complete. Yeah. Um, oh, it's just so good. There's a hub village, of course. 
Yes. And that's where you can buy items, you can take on quests, you can make sure you eat a meal before you go out on a quest because those give you a kind of stat bonuses. Um, there's actually a whole area where you go and you can either hire new buddies, which I'll talk about in a second, mm-hmm. uh, or you can, there's other items you can buy. You can send certain buddies out on a mission to go find items. Like it's called a, I forget the name of it. There's like a trader with this little pirate ship looking thing. And you go talk to her and you can assign some of your buddies to then go sail the seas to go find certain items that you're trying to get. Uh, and then they'll they'll do some trading for you. I haven't played with that system yet, sure. but it seems like some kind of trading system. Um, well, and then there's a... Seven hours, seven, eight hours in. So, I mean, early these, the they're long games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but then, yeah, there's the, the buddies. You can have two at a time when you're playing solo. When you're playing okay. with someone else, then you each have one. And you can pick if you want the cat or if you want the dog. It's up to you. The palico or the palamute. It's up to you. I was going to say, please talk more about the dog. (laughs) Yeah. So right away, the character creation stuff is fine. It's the it's the dog creation stuff that's super fun because there's all kinds of designs you can do, ear shapes, eye color. Um, The dog itself is going to be mostly the same type, and I don't know what kind of dog that's mostly like. It's probably some kind of a uh, something shepherd you know it's it's one of those long sleek dogs that's got a little bit of german shepherd look to it but thinner yeah. than that um but anyway uh or maybe doberman um but they all look the same unless you have a pre-order bonus and then you can apply what's called a layered armor which are things okay. you can actually buy and i'm sure they'll make more of these for people to to to, to get and that's essentially a skin doesn't change yeah. any of their stats but i've got a layered armor for a golden retriever so i can make my dog look like a family oh. dog if i oh. want to Aww. <laughs> Aww. Uh, but he doesn't look nearly as cool but um yeah, no. but anyway you you can choose all kinds of cool patterns and colors and you can make your dog look awesome uh if you want to and then of course as you're exploring both the town and the overworld you just hold down the a button as long as your weapon isn't equipped and wherever your dog is it'll run to you you hop on and you start riding and of course nice. your speed is way better when you're riding a dog and you can just hold the sprint button the whole time there's no stamina that i can see that's depleting as you're Excellent. sprinting around with the dog so traversal is way better getting from place to place is awesome um and the dog also does fight for you so and yep. i'm sure there's other things to equip down the line and other skills for them to learn because i have unlocked some skills but they have this blade that's on their shoulder and when they go to attack they reach over they grab it with their mouth and when they bite it the blade opens up and it becomes like this big boomerang that they can swing yeah, and that's, throw that's so sick yeah it's pretty <laughs> awesome badass so you can actually use that to attack quickly as you're riding. If you just hit the attack button, the dog will grab it and start swinging. It's just mm-hmm. very it's very weak when you're riding on the dog. Uh, okay. It's not really meant to be a good way to fight a monster. It's more meant to be, let me beat some smaller mobs uh, as I'm running. So, yeah. um, But the dog is super cool. You can also use the dog for a lot of verticality stuff. So mm-hmm. whether it is your charge, let's just say you've fought a monster and you've depleted its health enough where it's going to take off and run to a new location. So you followed on your map. You're, and you're riding your dog to get close to it, and you want to do some kind of surprise attack, if you're running full speed with your dog, you hit jump, and in midair, hit your attack button. And With my hammer, at least, I'm sure with other weapons, same thing. I yes. can slam down a huge hit right away to start to restart the fight. It's just nice. so satisfying, yeah. you know, leaping off the dog that way. And then, of course, there's verticality to it, too, where you can run up vines. At first, when I first saw this game, I thought, that's so cool, you can run up any wall. No, not true no. at all. There are a ton of walls that you cannot run up. There's a lot of limitations that way. But once you find those vines, instead of crawling and climbing slow-mo like you did on previous 
Monster Hunter games, like Monster mm-hmm. Hunter World, you could climb up vines. It just took a while. Well, now with your dog, you just run full speed up the yeah. vines, which is cool. That's still pretty cool, though. It is. It is. And it does add a layer of, again, it, it gives the overall levels, which are smaller, it gives them a little more space because now yeah. you've got, you know, multiple levels to, to go up and down through. So I'm only five monsters in, and two of them were in uh, Monster Hunter World. So there's been three new ones. At least new for me. Maybe they did Rathalos? I think there are Rathalos. I just haven't seen them yet. I've just done the smaller ones. It's interesting. They introduced them almost like, all right, these first monsters you fight, they're all going to either be kind of like a big grizzly bear or like a raptor. And then there's that one bird I talked about, kind of like the big crane, which also was a little raptor-like. But the other raptors, like one of them is kind of – they're essentially like here's a poison raptor. Here's a fire raptor that has a big hook on its tail. And then here's a – a uh, ice raptor that can shoot ice particles at you. Yeah. So, it, they're but they're all very similar in their size and how they Just move. Just different they're, elements. Yeah. 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 So I'm starting to get to the, and the next one I'm going to fight is actually very bear-like as well. So okay. so they're all kind of that medium size. I haven't yet gotten to the to the big ones, to the big daddies, the dragons, the ones that make you go, oh crap! Like I haven't gotten. <laughs> yeah. <to that. laughs> but yeah. I like it. I like that they they ease you in and you you really start to build up confidence. Like. You start to understand the systems. How do I give myself the right buffs? How do I make sure that I'm I'm stocked up with items? I already kind of dove back into the crafting. Um, even things like if you burn meat, because if you get raw meat, you can cook it on a spit. And if you, if you do the timing right, it's like a little timing mini game. If you do the timing yep. right, you get a well-done steak. If you're too early, then it's rare. So it's still good, but not as good. And if you overdo it, then it's burnt, and it can actually hurt you if you eat it. It has a, chan- wow. a small, small chance of hurting you if you eat it. But... There's items you can craft that you combine that with a burnt steak, and now you can make it a, an actual useful item. So, okay, little things like that. The crafting's really cool too. Yeah, and I, I remember they did have that in in World also. Yep, yep, they did um, have a lot of stuff. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't know if I would I don't see myself playing this one. Um, I I did get a little bored with Worlds after a while. Worlds. The Monster Hunter series to me just seems like it's at its best when you are playing with people. And I just wasn't getting a lot of moments, a lot of chances to play with people. I I played it mostly by myself. So while I did enjoy most of it and I played up to that part where you fight like that big boss. And then, like you said, it kind of there's like an epilogue where there's like way more stuff. Yeah. Um, So I got to that point. But then it's just like it just felt so repetitive because it was just me. And I was fighting monsters, and I'm like, I'm just doing the same thing. It's not these aren't unique situations because I'm not playing with friends where like right. crazy stuff is happening because there's other people kind of being involved. So yep, um, yeah, it was definitely more fun and more memorable playing with others. Yeah, but I do think they have a very satisfying and very soloable loop because they make the monsters beatable with one yeah. person. Um, if you do like a, a good in-depth RPG, I mean, there's so many layers to this. Uh, well, you said there's the weapons. NPCs that you can tag along now, right? I don't think they had that on Monster Hunter World. Well, it's it's just your your dog and your cat, basically. Oh well, yeah. okay, sure. But still, that's still something compared yes. to before. So. Makes a big difference. You can you can when you first um, spec out your cat, you can have it be a healer or a bombardier or have it be um, you know a fighter. Uh, gatherer yeah. you pick what its specialty is and it'll it'll do those things for you and then with the dog it just basically goes into attack mode essentially sure. um but uh oh by the way you can play play with and pet the dog and the cat both of them i mean so, i would 
I wouldn't expect any less, Tim. <laughs> Otherwise, this game would just be just throw it away. I mean, yeah. What's the, what's the point? The, uh, the point? I do think that the the and it can be a grind if you're determined to yeah. unlock all the armor pieces or all the weapons or something like that. It can be a grind. But if you're okay with like, hey, I'm gonna actually just piecemeal the armor that becomes available because I just need to upgrade my stats as I move along, and then maybe at the end of the game I'll put together a full suit. And that's kind of the way I'm approaching it, where I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not trying to keep replaying the same monster that I fought just to get that full suit of armor or just yeah. to get that, you know, all the weapons from the, you know, those parts. You could do it that way and you're going to pretty quickly get burnt out on the loop, I think, because you're doing the same thing over and over again. I'm yeah. playing it through what I believe is a pretty steady pace where after every boss fight, I go to the blacksmith, I create some new piece of armor that I can now build with the stuff that I've just gotten. You know, almost every new boss you beat, you're going to unlock a new armor set that you can uh, start to work towards. And um, a couple of them do look really cool, and I do want to build them all the way out, but you don't have to. You can just work yeah. your way through, and then you can, if you have the deluxe edition like Kyle, you actually will have some what's called layered armor for your human character too. I like just the have the plain old normal poor man edition. I can't do that, but I can choose which pieces of armor to display or hide. So if I display all the armor I have on, I look like a crazy homeless person because I have a weird mismatch of all kinds of different pieces. So I just hide my helmet, bracers, and things like that. So my guy just looks like, you know, a cool tough dude, basically. He's just, he doesn't have cool armor on yet, but that's okay because you keep all the stats. But yeah, I think that was my problem with World 2. I I was very much a stickler for having things match. So I think I think that kind of added to me getting a little tired, uh, you know, of the repetition. So Well, I don't know what it is that Kyle had, but he he finally realized like he could add this layered thing because of the deluxe edition that he got. And he looked like this like he had a Ronin suit on. It was awesome. He looked like yeah, it looked like an outfit you would have in Ghost of Tsushima. It was so cool. Well, this one definitely seems like it has a very feudal Japan vibe. I think it does. Yeah, more yeah. so than World did, because World kind of has some of those elements, but this one's much more uh, obvious about it. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah listen, yeah, yeah. some of the some of the story stuff is still what World was, where you've got a overconfident, big talking leader mm-hmm. who's like uh, overly encouraging to you and that kind of like it's just I don't know. It's yeah. just it's big very, booming voice. Big booming like, hey, voice. We gotta yes. get this done, so we're gonna and, do it. <laughs> and he's the kind of guy who will make some kind of he'll say some kind of statement, and mm. then two of the other NPCs will kind of look at him and nod and go, hmm, and then they'll kind of like leave. And then there's a long pause, and he'll go, ha 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 ha. That's what I like to see. Sure. It's like well, okay, you know, <laughs> Japanese game that they're trying to dub over in English, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. So listen, there's definitely a lot of that. I would not recommend getting this if you're like, I only play games like Last of Us because I need a, a cinematic story. Well, yeah. I wouldn't play this one then. Uh, but okay. if you like in-depth RPGs and the idea of slowly figuring out and learning how to take down big, challenging monsters, if that appeals to you, then go for it. I think it's great. There's lots of exploration yeah. too. There's lots of smaller quests you can run. It's not just monster hunting, although that is, of course, the core, the core of it. I love it. I see why it's getting so many amazing review scores. I think it's like at an 87 on Metacritic, which is fantastic. That's pretty much what World had, I think. was Maybe it was 90, but it's right close to what World had. Um, yeah, this is one of the best games of the year uh, up to this point up to, in this first quarter. So they, they, definitely, um, they definitely hit whatever the sweet spot was with the last one with Worlds um, coming over here in the States because I'm pretty sure up until that point, it was pretty niche, um, and then when world when world came into 
into play. Everyone, a lot of people jumped on it that I don't think had played it before, and they're like, oh, this is pretty cool. So yeah. if they could kind of keep that formula, like whatever it was that was different with World that people really latched onto, if they can keep doing that and just kind of like maybe add, you know, new stuff and different settings or whatever, and I, I think then it'll keep selling well here also. Yep. So. I would advise folks if they do want to try it out, especially if they're new to the series, um, go over to, they'll show you where it is right away. When you start the game, go to the, um, the buddies, I forget what they call it. Buddy Island or something. I don't know. It's where you can go. There's a little bridge you go across and Uh you can go where you see all the cats and dogs in that area. There's a little ship by the shore that'll take you to a training area. That's where you can just walk up to an item box, swap to a new weapon and then go fight a bunch of mechanical, test dummies and then go back swap to another weapon that's super important to figure out what weapon type you want to try if you just keep randomly picking one and then going out to the field to fight real monsters that'll kill you you could get pretty frustrated um unless you already know what you want to play because listen some of them like the dual blades are crazy fast especially when you activate the power when you start swinging super super fast you go like double Mm -hmm. time and that can be satisfying but i don't like it because they actually feel like little tiny blades, like little toothpicks hitting a big old monster. Sure. So they can be really effective, and there's some cool powers you can do with them. It's just not my thing. I wanted something heavy and slow and booming when it lands. And so that's why I went with a hammer. But there's some good in-between ones, too. They've got this They've got this one that's like a giant guitar. It's called like the the harp or something like that. I forget what hmm. it is. And it it's crazy. Like it plays a song. Like there's a bunch of song attacks, and if you hit certain patterns – you'll do an even bigger slam. But it kind of works like a giant hammer, but it's also a big guitar. And That's then there's all kinds of combos that you can do with it. All the weapons have very unique hmm. ways of being used. You know, there's the switch axe, which switches back and forth between the giant axe and a sword. Yeah. Um, the gun lance is really interesting. M- most of them have two modes. Yeah. Um, even the hammer kind of has a secondary mode a little bit. So anyway, I think there's a ton to it. This game is incredibly impressive. I think it does... If you liked World, this is a no-brainer. Like, if you mm. really got into World, it's a no-brainer. If yeah. you're kind of a casual fan, curious about the Monster Hunter series, whenever you do jump in, I think this is one of the better entry points to it. It's a brand new story. You don't need any backstory on any of it. And um, so that's not that's not usually a concern with these games anyway. Um, and it's pretty user-friendly. I think it, it eases you into it pretty well. So Yeah, yeah. Good. I love it. I love so it. That's what I've been playing for the last couple of days. It's the only thing that's been able to take my time off of Valheim. Yeah, I was going to say, if you know Valheim in there. <laughs> Haven't had time to squeeze Valheim in. Although I do think I'm going to get back into, I'm going to jump back into that because I think it's time for us to get a dedicated server for this bad boy. Right. Uh, let's, let's dedicate the next hour talking about Nox. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to get a dedicated server for this because the idea of getting in there and building up your own world. And I, I was in there building and I was having so much fun. And then I kind of stood there after finishing something like there's nobody here. There's no one yeah, here to no. see this. There's no one here to tell yeah. me to try something different or to build, yeah. you know, so it's just not quite as fun. I mean, it is, it is still fun. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I've, um, I've really upgraded cause we haven't uh, specifically talked about what we've done in our own little world, but like, I have like a dock now and it's like, cause I, where uh, where I built the home was pretty close by the water, so there was like kind of like a U-shaped beachfront. So I built like a U-shaped dock with oh, a nice. little storage room off to the side. Um, I expanded my little porch area and made like a bigger blacksmithing area. And then behind the house, there's like kind of like a, a little hallway between the cliff because I, I try to make like the cliff like nice and straight. 
um, yeah. where I built the house into, but there's like a hallway. So I, I put more um, of the uh, smelt, the kilns mm-hmm. and the um, the smelters. So I kind of made that like a little like area for that. And it just, yeah. And I sailed for the first time. I, I found a swamp, which was the first time I died. And that was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, I was so mad. Killed you. Well, I, I I forgot to like uh, get something for poison resistance, uh, dude. I, poison. I was trying to be a tough guy. I was trying to be a out. tough guy. Yeah, yeah, poison will wipe you out. Like even a bite yeah. from a leech could kill you in that game if you're not yeah. ready for it. I was yeah. trying to be a tough guy, Tim, and it just didn't work out. So, yeah. Yeah. so I, I came back with some poison resistance. I, I I managed to take some droggers out. So then when I went back, I was able to make um, what is it, the sausages or whatever the hell that yeah. is. Yeah. So it gave me even more of a health Dude, boost. That's so funny because you're using you use raw meat, which makes sense, right? Ground yep, beef. Yep, yep. You use uh, thistle, which I'm not sure why I use that. Maybe that's for the seasoning. And then you Maybe. use the entrails, which makes sense because yeah. you need the sausage casing. <laughs> it's like uh, <laughs> gross, which is disgusting. Yeah, but it's like, hey, big health boost. So appreciate it. Thanks for your yeah. intestines. So. Yeah, those are fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I found the um, the what is it? The sunk the sunken uh, crypts or Great. whatever they are. Yeah. So I found some iron. So now I have iron armor. I just got my iron sword yesterday. So like I'm I'm jumping. I haven't even actually fought the second boss yet. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I no, jumped yeah, ahead and like. Oh, you mean in your well, in your world? Yeah, yeah. You and I did, but in my world, I because I think um I had some stuff carried over from when we last played together. That's right. You probably had the key too, right? Yes, exactly. Oh. Exactly. So that way you can get into those crypts. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm gonna go fight him eventually. I just I I wanted the iron armor just so when I go fight that guy, it's like it's gonna be a breeze. So are you uh, are you? What are your thoughts on the enemy variety in this game? Now that you've hit the swamp area, are you? Is that kind of like yeah, this is what I expected, or is it surprising, or what, or is it kind of disappointing? What do you think about the enemy? I mean, I think it's enough. I mean, you know, again, it's a small team, so I think. But I mean, I think it's impressive. Yeah, each area does have unique monsters. I mean, you go to the swamp. There's the skeletons. There's the um, there's the leeches. There's the droggers. Um, what else? There's the blobs. Yep. Um, there's those fire exploding dudes. I don't even know what they are. They just like look like dudes on fire, and they like just launch fireballs at you. Like so, there's definitely, and it's in each area too. There's all the different biomes or whatever you want to call them have right. their own sort of enemy types and. And then there's like those death mosquitoes that apparently they need to um, they need to fix because it's just killing everybody in one sh- when those guys one yeah hit. those guys are yeah. rough if you're not ready they they can take you down quick yeah uh, if you're wearing the right armor you can usually survive at least one sting from them and they really like <laughs> like just they one. they'll they'll fly up to you and they might attack right away yeah, but yeah, if you yeah. have a shield most shields will block it yep um, and so as soon as you do that. You can take a swing, and they die in one hit. Like they're oh, okay. They're easy to kill, but if you're not ready for them, if you're not keeping an eye out and listening for that mosquito buzz noise, mm. they'll they'll get you. They'll get you. That's quick. a that's a weird balance, though. That that definitely, I I think that does need to be tweaked a little bit. Yeah, the fact that they're so strong. Yeah, because I mean, they um, are they fast? Like, do they fly at you pretty quick? I mean, um, I mean, no faster than. Some of the, the other enemies. enemies. The difference is that they're flying, so like they can come out sure. over the water if you're sailing by yeah. the planes and if you're not paying attention. There's other enemies on the planes though that I'm more nervous about, like the death mosquitoes. You got to watch out for. But <laughs> if you see them, if you're able to spot them, um, the only problem is at a glance, a flying bird can look like one. So I'm a little jumpy when I'm in the, oh, in okay. the plane. Like, <laughs> what was that? Oh, okay. Uh, but no. um, there are other enemies in the planes that are, I think, much more deadly because yeah. they can take a lot more hits and they can still deal out the damage. Um, but I won't say too much more because it's cool to discover them 
Yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. So I I have wandered there just in my uh, incessant need to explore and map. I love uncovering the map. Um, and so I like mapping out coastlines and then determining, okay, which one do I want to, which island do I want to go start just yeah. kind of sweeping through? And like, I just find that to be so fun. I did that same thing in Zelda though. Like Breath of the Wild to me was fun because I got to map everything out and I just, I liked doing that. I don't always like doing that, but right now in my gaming mode that I'm in for whatever reason, that's just, that's exactly what I want to do. I'm sure there would come a time where I'd be like, no, that sounds boring and tedious. I want to get right to the game. But right now... I mean- Exploration. It, it is that. daunting when you zoom out and you it's, you're like, oh, I just sailed around this whole island. That was that yeah. was such a huge island, and I just did that. Yeah. I must have got a lot done. No, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's tiny little blip. You're like, all right, well, what, I mean, I will sure. say I just found a biome that is not ready yet, but I think it's going to be mm-hmm. their next one. I think it's going to be the first one. Whenever they decide to add their, you know, they said they're going to add four new biomes. I think. Um, so I think this is the next one because it already exists and you can find it if you do some exploring on, on all maps. It's there, but there's okay. no enemies there. The only kind of trees that I can find, at least to to chop down, are existing trees. Like There's no okay. new types and new types of wood or metal that I can find. But the biome certainly has a design and aesthetic to it already uh, okay. that is very clearly going for a certain vibe that I'm like, ooh, I'm excited okay. for this. This is going to be sweet. something. Yeah. Pretty sweet. I mean, the, the ones at the beginning are pretty standard stuff where it's, you know, happy meadows and you've got your black forest, which is mm-hmm. not too bad. But there's some and the, the, no, the uh, dwarves, the trolls. Get up well. the trolls will get you. I've been snuck yeah. up on a few times. By the way, they're quiet <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> you swear uh, they just spawn right next to you. It's like, all right, that's not fair. They just with their giant club, just boom. So. The uh, the swamps are really deadly if you're not ready for poison. Yes, yes. Um, but in general, most of the enemies can't hit you from a distance. So if you've got enough stamina, and especially if you activate that deer power, uh, whatever yep. it's called, with the e, there. you can usually sprint through and kind of uncover swamp areas without encounter. You know, you know, as long as you you know could jump and not get stuck in deep water, you're going to be fine to kind of sprint yeah, yeah, through yeah. a lot of that stuff. Um, it's the plains that really start to get you. So I hit the plains too early. Mountain is the next one after swamp. Sure. So um, snowy mountains. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. So, and those are, those are cool. Those have some of their own challenges, but also really cool rewards. I, I like the mountain area a lot. Uh, Plains though is brutal. So I'm like, man, I've, cause I've tried wandering through them a little bit Yeah. and it's just like, whoa, this is going to be, I'm not ready for this yet. Like I think I need yeah. to upgrade some stuff. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still really digging what they're, yeah. what they're up to they did roll out an update recently but it's mostly again just game tweaks and mm-hmm. you know fixing some bugs and they're still doing all of that but i am excited to to see what else they roll out like this is a game that i foresee myself being you know diving into and maybe taking a break from but then diving back into again throughout the year i see myself keeping this one installed and and rolling uh for quite a while which is why i think a dedicated server is a way to go and for those listening who don't know why that would be important it's the same as with something like minecraft um or or arc or any of these other survival games where there's an open world that you it's procedurally generated for you or maybe you've created it you know in in the case of minecraft you can create it from scratch but you want to share it with someone else and let them play when you're not online so you can kind of share this world and build stuff together then you need a dedicated server that's always online. And if you don't have the capacity to host it at your house, which I know I don't, um, yeah. then uh, then you usually need to rent one. And they're not too bad. I've found a few that are anywhere from 12 to 15 bucks a month, depending on 
you know, some var- various factors. But yeah, and I mean, you with doing that for a little while it, at least. I don't know if like you have to pay a certain amount of months ahead or whatever, but I mean, we could always, yeah, it it, it could always be something where we're like, oh, well, you know, we'll do it for, we'll pay for like six months. And yeah. then if like at that point it's like, ah, eh, we're not really paying too much anymore, then you right. just, you you just stop. So then it's a great could. business model. Like if you've got access yeah. to server farms and you can host this stuff, yeah, then uh, yeah, it's a great business model to rent these things out. But, um, but yeah, that game is, that game is something else. It's fun. Yeah. It's very yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. And uh, by the way, there are moments where vi- even visually the game makes me go like, "Whoa, that was pretty." Yeah, pretty like the, cool especially scene. like I said at night with the stars and the yeah. uh, Yggdrasil tree, you know, the well, world tree. Well said. I, lo- I love that word, Yggdrasil. Listen um, to Mr. Portuguese over here. <laughs> you didn't know I could speak Nordic? Is it? Nordic? I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I could. I could say that one word. So mm. yeah, well very done. Flu- very fluent. Very fluent. Yeah, that game is that game is really cool. So yeah, between that and Monster Hunter Rise, I also just bought Immortals on the PS5. It was on mm-hmm. sale. You can get the uh, the deluxe edition or is the gold edition? I don't know. Whatever edition has like some bonus stuff and the season pass. It's normally a hundred bucks. Is now fifty. Okay. Uh, on the PS5, so I grabbed that and started it because it's one of those games that I had played, you know, through like the first boss and then kind of went off to other stuff. But I always knew I want to get back and play this thing, and so. And that game is super cool. That game is just, it's just silly, but good fun. And it's, I feel like it's pretty well polished. I mean, there's yeah. probably some rough edges, but it's a pretty well polished game uh, with lots to do. Yeah. So I like I it. I mean, Ubisoft is, they, they do the big, the open world games. They That's the thing they do, you know? But you know what made me want to play it and actually want to play the DLC? Some of the DLC has looked cool, but they just released this Eastern Myths DLC. Have yes. you seen this? Yeah, yeah, that looks really cool. Yeah, apparently it's like, you know, a good six to eight hour campaign where you have a new hero and it's all kind of like Chinese mythology. I was like, dude, this could have been a full sequel. Yeah. But they went ahead and did it as DLC. It's included in the season pass. So I am uh, I'm excited to to get to that. So that's the avenues then they kind of do different mythos of different, um, you know cultures and so on and so forth you know that's what i thought they might do with the overall series where it's like immortals something right immortals yeah yeah because yeah. it's all about the mythology or the gods or whatever yeah. um and they, they totally still could do that you know they could move over to the norse mythology next or they could do because this is the first one was greek right so they can move over to roman yeah. and there's a bunch they could do i feel like the chinese one could have gotten its own as well but there's plenty you know there's plenty of mythologies yeah. out there for them to if they decide to continue yeah um, yeah yeah but just like every Ubisoft game, this thing went super cheap, super fast. So yeah, I'm still I'm still waiting on it because they um they had that like free weekend or whatever it was where like it was basically like the right. full game. So I actually did um download it and I played a uh, uh, like an hour at least and I was like, oh, this uh, this is really fun. I I do yeah. like this. Um, but I I, I think like I'll wait a little bit just because there is other games that I could still get to or that I would like to get to. And listen, so. the 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 writing isn't like oscar worthy but it's just sure. kind of like tongue-in-cheek clever it's fine like it's it's at, at the very worst it's going to be like saturday morning jokey jokey jokes yeah. and that's and that's fine uh, and some of it's even more clever than that so i think the writing is more entertaining than, than it has any right to be i know some folks really bash it like oh it's so cringy i'm like yeah maybe maybe if you're only okay with the top of the line drama and comedy and everything or maybe sure. just Maybe just have fun with it because it's it's not really targeting adults. It's mostly some people are just real pretentious, Tim. Yeah, it's real pretentious. That is true. I used to be that way. Derek called me snobby Tim for a little yeah, while. Snobby Tim. No. Yeah. 
now you're now you're casual, Tim. You're just no, laid, back, just laid back, Tim. I don't know. I'm kind of half PC Master Race, but also still Nintendo, and I still play games on my phone. I don't know what I am. Okay, I don't have an identity. I'm... You're progressive, is what you are. Okay, Got and it. brave. Brave. <laughs> am I stunning? Yes, usually. Okay, yes, all right, usually. Good. Yeah. Stunning and brave is what I'm going for, really. But uh, anyway, that's I know that's a lot of stuff that I've been playing. Uh, is there anything <laughs> that you've been playing? I know you mentioned that you tried out Immortals and you've been playing a lot of Valheim. But any anything else that you've yeah. been playing? It, Immortals was that was like a while ago. Um, oh, okay, okay. But um, actually, before I before I get into games i wanted to and see if i can maybe get it in the in the shot i'm trying to stand up i bought a new chair i think i had mentioned last oh yeah episode. let's see this thing so, spider-man do you, can you turn on the light so you can see it lit up do you have a um well the lights are technically out like in the hallway or oh, like okay. the other room because all the lights are still wired together so it's hard to tell what color it is i'm assuming there's some red and some blue going on um, hold on let me see you know what's interesting is I just now noticed that the way that the headrest sits on the chair kind of leaves spots for eyes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know, Tim. I kind of, I kind of lost. I lost my chair. Oh, hey, Tim. I don't know if you remember me. Uh, <laughs> Spider Man's back. My, I'm looking for my Spider Man chair. For those of you who hear Dan wait, all of a sudden me... sounding muffled, he <laughs> came back dressed as Spider Man. Wait, hold on. I'm I'm not Dan. Dan just left. That was oh, my Spider-Man, bad. So, Spider Man stepped in for a second. I don't know if that helps a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I can see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, I like that a lot. Is it comfy? It's got the eyes. So, um, Spider-Man is always comfy. uh, Okay, right. So the seat at first was actually kind of uh, hurting the the old butt area a little bit. (laughs) But um, after a couple of days, it's it's gotten a little better. I might still get, like, a seat cushion, to be honest. Um, But overall, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty comfortable. The little sort of um, the pad where kind of it follows the arch of your back has a little yeah. vibrate vibrate feature, but it's like it's literally just like shakes. It's not like legit like a massage chair or it's anything. It's not a massage so. chair. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Gotcha. So, but Spider Man, overall, you're happy with Dan's purchase? Well, let me go ask him. Let me go. Okay. Get him. All right. Yeah. Let us know what he says. No, that does look pretty cool. And of those of you who are just listening, you can't see it, but it's a cool Marvel Spider Man computer chair. I feel like. Does Derek have one like this? I feel like he's got a Spider-Man chair too, but I do. Hey, hey Spidey, I found your chair. It's right here. Hold on. <laughs> he just he just left. So. Yeah, got it. Well, he had yeah, to yeah. go save yeah. some people. Yeah, uh, there was a, a building on fire, children. Yeah. So, but I got Miles, the Spider-Man. Miles shirt. Morales needed help making his game more Spider-Man lengthy. Shirt at least. So, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's a nice. It's it is a nice chair. Um, I wish it was a bit more comfortable in, like I said, or like Spidey said, in the the old rear end region but yeah what fabric is it just fabric with like actual padding underneath or is it like I think a it's, mesh I, it's, I think it's le- so it's i think it's leather or like okay. fake leather but it's yeah. yeah something leather like if not actual leather so okay. um but yeah no it's it's nice i like it and it goes with my whole feng shui of this ridiculous nerd room that i'm certainly does know, creating so i dig um, it but uh, as far as games i've been playing so I know everyone is a huge fan of Harvest Moon games and stuff like that. So, <laughs> so let me let me la- let me uh, yap your ear off about Story of Seasons. Oh, you Pione- got the new one. Yeah, Pioneers of Olive Town, a cute, quaint little town. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, to, I mean, so like all of these games, and to be honest, Stardew Valley kind of definitely raised the bar as far as this whole genre, like just adding all these sort of really unique and interesting, like a kind of expanding on features and like yeah. making features uh, a little more in depth. Yep. Um, and they're that still updating. Awesome. They're still updating the game, dude. It's I think it's about five years old or close yeah. to being five years old, and they literally yeah. just they literally just released a a massive update. There's like a new island. Um, I think there's like a new NPC that you can marry. Um, you can like grow crops on the island. There's like a new cave. Like there's all this new stuff for uh, Stardew Valley. So like, yeah, they just they know what they're doing with that game. And I I feel like all these other games, all these other series like Harvest Moon that have been around for a while are like trying to still sort of play catch up. Yeah. Um, it makes you wonder what they're going to do with the next, cause they're making another rune factory. So I'm curious what that one's going to be like, you know, cause rune factory took that harvest moon formula and added that kind of action RPG adventure element to it. And yeah. they might not have been the first one. That's the first, just the first one I played was rune. Was it, was it rune factory two? Maybe I can't remember if it was one or two that I played on the DS. That was my mm. first Rune Factory game, and that was yeah. awesome. That was a cool mixture. And then I think I feel like Stardew Valley was kind of a newer take on that, where the focus was switched back a little more to the farming, but it did still have some fun adventure, you know, combat stuff. Yeah, because it because like so the Harvest Moon series traditionally there isn't combat, right? right. Um, but Stardew Valley, when you go when you go into the caves, there's there's bats and like little yep. blob dudes that are attacking you like there are enemies and you have to actually buy like a sword or whatever yep. to to fight a little um, secret but, of mana style fighting minus the yeah. the pausing yeah 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 exactly mm-hmm. um but this new so story of seasons and i know i keep saying harvest moon and story of seasons so um to kind of clear things up and i think i've said it before so story of seasons is basically the actual harvest moon like developers like the Natsume used to um, work with the developers that made Harvest Moon, and then they split off. So Xseed now publishes the um, the uh, actual Harvest Moon series, but they okay. had to change they had to change the name because Natsume still has the rights to the name Harvest Moon. So Xseed sort of backs the guys that used to make Harvest Moon, and they had to create Story of Seasons. That's just the new name of their series. But Natsume does still make Harvest Moon games. And um, they actually just released their own as well, right Which around. Are the not season. reviewing well. The last no. several Harvest Moon games are not being well received. No, the so I watched the trailer because I was super curious. When I watched the trailer, I just knew immediately it was going to be hot trash. Mm. Um, and I I did watch a gameplay video of somebody playing. And I was like, this is like, this this is unacceptable. <laughs> like, you know, a farm game isn't doing it right when people are like, I wish I had Farmville back. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, Farmville probably did it better. To be, yeah. it, it 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 looks atrocious, Tim. If on a scale of one to ten, I know we've like talked about like, oh, one to ten, what's the point of giving a game a one or a two? Like, this new Harvest Moon game absolutely deserves a one, if even that. Like, it just looks so bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, so unbelievably bad. And not yeah. that the Story of Seasons game is like fantastic. It's not like an eight or a nine out of ten game. Um, but it's still it's still way more charming. The visuals are better. Like they actually do put effort into their visuals. The the characters um, have like a nice look to them. Um, it's it's definitely a cute game if you're into you know that kind of anime style. The kind of cutesy style of the animals are cute, and um, the townsfolk they all have kind of their own unique style and, and different personalities. People do repeat a lot of the same things when you speak to sure. them. So sure. that 
that's kind of where and even stardew isn't fantastic at it but stardew definitely does much better with that yeah um, making the characters feel like actual people now in story uh, of seasons is the farming and building i don't know if there's much building but is the farming gameplay itself is that actually fun to do or is that more of a chore do they make that fun i guess it's a matter of preference like as simple and just kind of mundane as it is, it, it can be kind of fun, but there's other tests that you're doing like mm. to combine with the farming. Like when you, when you wake up and you water your crops, you're like, all right, well, I have this stuff to do. I'll tend to the animals, you know, I'll go chop some trees. It's, it's really the same as Stardew. So okay. like there's all these other tasks and your day is always pretty much full of something to do. It does have a similar um, like um, energy meter like Stardew has where eventually yeah. you run out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's, and if you eat food, then it'll fill your health back up, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's really not like this game doesn't push the boundaries or really do anything um, amazingly new. Um, but there are certain things that they've tweaked in this one, kind of streamlined some stuff. But then at the same time, there's some other stuff that they've done that's like, why why are you doing this? Yeah. Why, why? So there's these machines that look like vending machines that you create. So like, say, for instance, you need to take logs of wood and turn them into lumber. And you would use the lumber, say, to give to the um, to the carpenter to upgrade your house. So in order to create the lumber, you have to make this like vending machine type thing and plop that in your um, in your yard. And it takes up a lot of space for no reason. It's it's kind of it's not a huge machine, but it takes up like four spots, and there's a machine for everything, Tim. Like every individual thing. Oh, so it's not one machine handles everything. No, it's not one machine that does like say like all of like the like if you're taking milk and turning it into cheese and like eggs um um eggs into what the hell is it um into something I can't scrambled think scrambled eggs I don't know yeah sure <laughs> but you can take the eggs and put it into something like it's not a machine that does like a list of things that are all kind of similar it's uh, basically like all these different machines for individual things and you, and you it's, it's not like you can dismantle them because you need to actively do those as you harvest that stuff right like you yeah. can't just like build it once upgrade a thing and then get rid of it you I mean you to... could but it'd be super tedious <laughs> yeah oh man yeah that's a bummer so, that they didn't streamline that a little more yeah, and I mean, like, I, I saw the review and I was like, is this a joke? Like, or yeah. or down the line, does does it, like, streamline? Like, do the machines start combining? I don't think they do, but I'm not 100% sure. So this is the kind um, of thing where you just need to set aside space on your property to just be like, all right, here's our, here's our machine row. We're just going to put all the machines yeah. here. Or do you try to put a machine by each source? Uh, like, you know, do you put the egg machine by the chickens? Do you put the, yeah. We have been doing that, Um so essentially there's like a starter area that's a bit smaller and then you repair your, uh, there's a bridge that you repair, which then goes to the next area. So then you can kind of plant more stuff over there, but then you get access to the barn. Um, so there's other sort of, uh, facilities that kind of start opening up as you're expanding your farm. Like, um, yeah, okay. I got you. But, um, I think you can move things around later on. Cause I've seen screenshots where the barn is next to the coop. And right now that's not the case. They're like on two different sections. Okay. Uh, so you're, so you are kind of running around back and forth. So you might bit. get an ability to, to move things around a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, to be honest, it's kind of, t- it's typical of these kind of games. They like, there's things that like, you're like, yeah, that really does make sense. You're saving me time. I really appreciate that. And then like, they do this other thing, like those stupid vending machines. And it's like, why, who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> 
who thought please give me the name of that person i will get them i will cancel them all right <laughs> i will destroy their lives like, we're gonna get a hashtag going yeah. and down. <laughs> it makes it makes literally zero sense tim it's ridiculous and yeah. it, and i mean in a day and age where you can update games i hope they update it so then yeah. they can streamline it but i don't know if they will whatever um, in a game that's central gameplay mechanic is already built around something as tedious, so it's challenging to make that fun. You, yeah. you got to give people some shortcuts. You know, you got to yeah. take some of that, yeah, th- those elements out. Yeah, yeah, that's just little things like that. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like in Stardew Valley, when you um, are putting um, items in the box to sell, um, basically it's just a, the box is infinite, so you yes. can just keep putting stuff in there. In this game, it's not. There's like literally a a certain amount of stuff that will fit in that box so it's like so i have to wait till the next day because i had a good yield of crops to sell the next day <laughs> like no let me put everything in this damn box yeah some of that feels stuff. like an oversight yeah like now you played the previous like story of seasons games right this is the third one right so the last one that came out was a few months ago actually but it was a remake of a i think a game boy advance harvest moon okay. so they remade like an older one and that one that was... wasn't as well received I don't think. no because like they 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 were kind of they stayed true to like what the original one was but just kind of updated okay. the visuals so this it... this might be the first the second actual like full game right that's not a remake of something it's else? either second or third yeah because okay. right. they've they've been only on handhelds like there weren't any on the wii u or the wii as far as i know okay so this is like the first kind of like console story of seasons yeah um and i mean we are having fun with it that's just the it's the kind of game that my wife and i do like to play together and is and this I controller do... passing or can you have two characters on screen at once it's controller passing so it's okay. it's just the one character yeah okay yeah it's it's the typical oh my grandfather's farm you know he used to have it and now he's passed away or whatever so yeah. now i'm you know now it's my farm like that typical dude there i can't really criticize them though because <laughs> disney and pixar have the same problem with getting a story started like hey what's the motivation should we kill the parents yeah let's kill off the parents like that's uh, every yeah. disney and pixar usually movie. the mom usually the mom usually the mom right because yep. or it could be the dad but usually it's mom or dad because the other one's already dead and then now they're going to kill off the other one and then that'll set off the event that's usually how this thing goes walt it, disney loved murdering parents they it it loves it <laughs> you can count you can usually count in one hand the number of movies that have full family intact from start to finish you know yeah. movies like incredibles are like the only ones where you've got mom yeah. and dad and kids and everyone survives you know um, every other one someone dies what's uh what's the mexican one coco um, coco yeah that hey that whole family well i mean there are family members that have passed away but, but you know, yeah as got... far as mom and dad they're yeah, still there because yeah. mm-hmm. yep, yep. they're not even to be fair they're not even a big part of the story uh, it's more right, about yeah. the, the grandma. Yeah, the ancestors in general, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, it's, again, if, if if this is your type of game, you would still probably get enjoyment out of this. You would just understand and, and sort of maybe ignore the faults and flaws that it has. Um, yeah. But I still, th- I still think Stardew Valley is pretty much the pinnacle of this genre. I was going to ask you, like, if someone was like, hey, I want to get into some kind of, I need a relaxing game where I'm yeah. just, like, building a farm and, like, maybe the character can get married. A little bit of action, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think you'd still recommend Stardew over Story of Seasons, right? Yeah. The only, the only different, the only thing I would, um, I would ask them specifically, I would say, are visuals important to you? Because they might be the type of person that doesn't like that old school, like, Nintendo, Super Nintendo look. Oh, yeah. Stardew does have a Super Nintendo PlayStation 1 vibe to it. 
That's yes. true. Yeah. Yeah. It has it has a more old school, you know, Super NES aesthetic, whereas like, you know, this um Story of Seasons game is more modern, 3D character models, etc. So if that's more like your visual style, you might like something like this more. All right, yeah, that's fair. Um yep. And and I would I would recommend this game. I, I think there's enough good here so far. I mean, we're still just in the first season of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's fun. I, it is enjoyable, but it's it's very specific. It's a very niche genre. If it's not your thing, then obviously that makes sense. So I yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's it's fun. Growing fake crops can be fun. <laughs> it can. And some yeah. games do it better than others. Yep. Some games make it very important. So yes. that kind of gives you that motivation to to go grow the crops, but and and they sell for a lot of money. And I feel like if I grew those crops in real life, I would not make that much money. So <laughs> it's it's incredibly unfair. It's very true. <laughs> yes. That's good um, yeah. Uh, other than that, I watched um, the snack uh, uh, snack Zach Snyder. Uh, we can call that the snack Zyder cut. <laughs> the s- snack verse. Yeah, I actually did want to. I did want to close out with this. If you, I was going to ask if you had watched it. So yeah, what are your thoughts on the new Justice League cut from Zack Snyder that's now out on HBO Max? What do you think about it? So I want. I actually, I should have asked you prior. Did you want to kind of do sort of spoilery like we did last week with Wandavision? Or? Yeah, if you if you haven't seen this and plan to, and if if the new Justice League cut's very important to you, um. Thanks for listening. You can turn the show off now. We're going to close with this. <laughs> get the hell out of here. Yeah, get out of here. Because uh, same thing we did with you know WandaVision and, and Spider-Man last last week. But um, yeah, let's do that. We can, and also, you know, this is, if you're like, yeah, but I saw the old cut. I'll watch the new cut at some right. point. I, I got to tell you, there's enough spoilery stuff. It's just, it's a different movie, man. And so if, if you care about DC movies and Justice League stuff, I would suggest don't listen because some of the stuff... And we won't spend a ton of time talking about it. It's not my favorite thing ever, but I did like it. Um, yeah, there's enough spoilery stuff to maybe wait to listen to this until you've watched it. So, yeah, I wanted to check. So, spoiler alert: I did not watch the original. So this is oh. actually the first time I've seen this movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Then um, did you watch Man of Steel and uh, yes. Batman versus Superman? Yes. Um, okay. And actually. I don't know if it was Derek that made a post or someone else that made a post. And I said on there, I I legitimately don't understand because it seems like a lot of people dislike Man of Steel, like really hate Man of Steel. And I think that movie's awesome. I Some really, people do really mainly like- for the one climactic moment at the end, a decision that Superman makes where they're like, well, now you've ruined his character. But it makes sense, though. <laughs> what was he supposed to do? No, like, I listen, I'm with you. Know? Yeah, I'm yeah. Just saying that's usually what I've heard. I okay. just I think it's uh I think it's silly. I also just think some people didn't like the Snyder vibe. There there's a very specific Snyder feel to the stuff that he makes. You know, everything from you know the Watchmen to these Justice League movies has yeah. it's just got a very specific feel to it, even three hundred. And so if if that's not your thing, that's fine. Um I do think I'm not a mega Snyder fan, but I think there are sure. elements of stuff that he makes that are cool. That's got a certain vibe to it that I do like. But also, I, that dude needs to relax on the slow motion. I think we can all agree <laughs> on that. There were there were a few slow mo shots, which I a mean, a few. I, yeah, it was like this, five. This movie's run. T- oh, there's more than five. <laughs> Get out of here! All right, this six, movie's runtime is like four hours and ten minutes or whatever it is, right? It's, four hours and two minutes, I think. Okay, I mean, so over, there's the credits, but you know. Yeah, it's yeah. just just under four hours. 
not counting the credits. And uh, I'm thinking about an hour and a half of slow mo. I'm, th- I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, that's that. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> now you're being overzealous. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's closer to an hour. I don't know. Yeah, but, it's um, a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, I have no frame of reference. I don't know. So this one, like you said, yeah, right under four hours. Um, so the Justice League originally came out in 2017. Uh, it says here the runtime was 120 minutes. So what is that? An hour, two hours. Yeah. Was it two hours and 10 minutes? I, I might be getting that math wrong. So like this movie is almost double what it was when it released in 2017. So something I read about it, and I don't know if this is true or not. I read that the original cut – I'm sorry. I shouldn't say the original cut. The Whedon version, mm-hmm. because as most people know, Snyder had to drop out of production. I mean, his wife both were part of the production team, and they dropped out when their daughter took her own life tragically yeah. during production of this yeah. and understandably walked away from this to go focus on family things. And the studio wanted it to continue – I don't think it was like as cold-hearted as I just made it sound just now. They wanted yeah, to yeah. continue. I think yeah. they just were ready for him to hand the reins over to someone else to continue production, understanding it's going to be a long time until he's able to come back. So yeah, they, had, yeah. they had Joss Whedon, who had had a lot of success in a number of different genres um, before he started getting Me too like crazy. Avengers, Avengers movie? But yeah, I mean, he, he, did did the, he did the Avengers and he did... Ultron, he, he did Age of Ultron. He did Age of Ultron, which, looking back now, those aren't the strongest of all the Avengers movies, but... Um, they're still good. Like he still knows how to take an ensemble cast and tell a fun and and decent story. So most folks, I, I, okay, I shouldn't say most folks. I thought, hey, not a bad pick for someone to pick up the reins and run with it. The styles are very different, but it turns out, according to I forget which art which website had this article, but it was talking about how Whedon did his cut and how Snyder's is going to be so much different. This was building mm-hmm. up to the release of the Snyder version. Apparently, Whedon only used maybe twenty percent, maybe of what was filmed by Snyder yeah, before he took over. That's crazy. So they reshot a lot of it. And so a lot of what you saw was, and so a lot of what Snyder had already shot was just left on the cutting room floor or just okay. stored away, yeah, which yeah. now we know Snyder has brought back. He did a lot of reshoots himself, but he brought back tons of footage that Whedon had to completely cut out, um, which is what we got to see with this new cut. Yeah. So, they're two very different films in so many ways. There's some things, there's some elements that stick, you know, some scenes that they both used. There's some crossover. Um, and some of the general story beats are still the same, some of the villains and stuff. But there are also, also new villains, and there's uh, new stakes, I think, in this version. So anyway, I would say this if, if folks hadn't seen either. I would say just skip the Whedon one. Just watch this. Like if you liked Man of Steel and then Batman v Superman, you kind of wanted to see what happened next because Batman versus Superman ends on a pretty, you know, sour, sad note. Yeah. Knowing that it's going in. Anyone who knows comics and knows these stories, they kind of know <laughs> where it's going. And I think the Snyder version is the definitive way to see how the story continues. I, I do. Yeah. I, well, I think it's the one to watch. I mean, this this starts with that that moment triggering the events of what ensues in this movie um Correct. and sort of allowing the enemies you know steppenwolf which um apparently he looks completely different in this one versus the other one he, he looks different i wouldn't say completely different well his They're, like armor like is different the armor it? is totally new right which looks sick by the way <laughs> yeah the way that the way all kind of like the, the metal pieces sort of like weave yeah. and like kind of move i think look kind of cool it's like uh, one of those pillows where you can push the pieces one way or the other yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah he's like a pillow Steppenwolf he's like a pillow 
Um, I actually really liked Steppenwolf. I thought he was kind of interesting. I mean, okay. like, sort of one-dimensional yeah. because he's like, you know what? Like, oh, yeah, like, my leader, Darkseid. I'm just going to worship this guy and do everything for him. But I don't know. There was, like, there was almost, like, some emotion in his face when he kept talking to that hooded fella. Um, yes. When he was telling him how, like, you know, Steppenwolf had betrayed him and he needed to, like, conquer 50,000 more worlds. That, and blah, okay. Blah. I actually laughed out loud at that moment. I was... <laughs> I was not digging the movie from the jump. I was like, okay. oh boy. Originally here we or go the with Snyder Cut? The Snyder Cut. Okay. Because I already thought that even the Whedon Cut was like, boy, this is not only an overly serious story. Like, I was kind of rolling my eyes at some of the main storylines in the Whedon Cut. But yeah. then he ham fisted a bunch of Whedon humor into it. Like, uh, remember me? I did Firefly and Avengers, and I like to have fun. Sure. And, and it was cheesy, and I didn't like that. Okay. But this one, at just from the jump was like, oh my gosh, everyone's taking everything so like, like there's gonna be no fun to be had in this movie was the vibe that I got from the out of the gate. Sure. And then all the stuff with Steppenwolf and the, you know, the group that he attacks at the beginning and the way they're yeah, fighting. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of rolling my eyes a little bit. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is gonna, is this gonna be like one desperate dire moment after another? Cause this is, this is a lot. That's four hours of that's gonna be a lot. To take. <laughs> So I unfairly judged the movie after just part one and the start of part two. I was okay. like, I don't think I'm going to like this thing. I was already pretty negative on it. Yeah, yeah. And Steppenwolf was one of the big reasons because I'm like, okay. cool, another voice modulated CGI villain. How exciting. Like I was very down at the beginning okay. on his character and how they were setting up the movie. But when you said, you know, I found him interesting, I liked him, I, I, I agree because by the end, I did really like he was kind of this underachieving, desperate for approval yeah. villain. And I and I liked that because yeah, yeah, yeah. in one sense, he's an enemy to be feared by everyone except for one major superhero, essentially. And on the other hand, he's kind of the the black sheep of of the villain family out in space, yep. you know? Yep, yep, yep. And and I kind of I kind of got a little more of what his motivations are and, and you know why he's so desperate for this. So I, yeah. I did li- I did like that. I liked him as a villain by the end. Uh, as much as I'm a big Marvel fan, he definitely is a better villain than a lot of what we've seen in even Marvel movies. Everyone from... Yeah. What was the first Guardian of the Galaxy's villain? Um, uh, oh, Ronin. 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 Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, no, uh, something the... Destroyer, or I can't, I can't remember now. Yeah, was he had it, the purple, he had the purple face. Okay, it, yeah, such yeah, a yeah. dumb bad guy. No motivation. <laughs> he just was like, and he had again the voice modulation, like that. Well, he wanted kind of, to sort of one up. Uh, he wanted to one up Thanos. He but, did, but he yeah, was yeah. just. I thought for a movie that was so great, what a dumb villain. I mean, Suicide Squad struggled with that too. The first Suicide Squad, by the way, the new trailer looks really entertaining and crazy. It looks wacky. But the first Suicide Squad movie, overall, not a horrible movie and had some entertaining stuff in there, but one of the dumbest villains, the Enchantress, who was just like, I'm going to belly dance you. I'm going to belly dance you to death. And it's like, what <laughs> is this? This that, is so stupid. That sounds hot, Tim. That sounds sexy. Uh, I didn't say it wasn't that, but it was dumb. I'll, I'll give you that. It was dumb. It was dumb. Anyway, I know we got sidelined, but I yeah, want no. to just chime in there. You're right. I think Steppenwolf, yeah. good villain. But can I say... Dark side, who I always thought was pronounced Dark Seed. I don't know oh, why. I always thought it was Dark Side. Yeah. Yeah. Was, was Dark side. So anyway, they confirmed it's Dark Side. Um, um, Dark Side, one of the dumbest villains in history. <laughs> and we agree well, on that. He's DC Thanos, right? I mean, 
Yeah, that's like that's like the like si- the super simple way of putting it. He's like, oh, he's he's you know DC. He is, Thanos, but so. okay. But Thanos, the way that they portrayed him in oh yeah, in Endgame at least, yeah. is not only powerful, but he is so smart. Oh yeah, and, and honestly, and this is thanks to Josh Brolin mostly, like oddly charming. Like yeah, 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 Thanos yeah. is a, an incredible villain in those. So movies. can I can I do um like. I don't know if devil's advocate is the right word here, but yeah. so this is so Justice League is the first time we're seeing him, right? Yes. So think of this as the first Avengers movie where all we saw of Thanos was him turning his head sideways and smirking. Yeah. So like they haven't really some kind of like that. I'll do it myself line or something he has, right? Something yeah. like that. Well, he said that later on, but oh, okay, okay, okay. But like that was just us getting a shot of Thanos and everyone freaking out, right? So like even though Darkseid actually has some speaking scenes and. There's like that whole like, um, you know, however many years in the past when he first tried conquering Earth, like that scene. Um, there is a bit more dark side in this, his first unveiling. Yes. Compared to Thanos. But maybe, maybe down the line, if the uh, Snyderverse expands and they actually do make more Justice League movies, maybe we get a bit more um, complexity to his uh, Okay. To his if character. all we saw from dark side in this movie was he's being talked about. Yeah. And- and we fear him just by the way they're talking about him. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. at the end, some spoilers here. We talked about those going to be spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they are they are in the process of successfully opening a portal that will allow Darkseid and his crew to like you know invade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that portal opens up and you can see him, and he's sitting there with that cool kind of like you know head yeah, rested yeah. on his fist kind of like position. Like he just he looked intimidating. If yeah, that's yeah, yeah. all we saw of him. And at the very end, you know, the portal closes and something gets popped through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then he kind of steps on it. And if that's all we saw, mm. and then maybe the statement at the end, like, you know, that doesn't matter because now we know where this um, – it wasn't a formula, whatever it was. We know where Yeah, the, that infinite something formula that they're looking for. It was for, some kind like, of formula, yeah. yeah. And if that's all we saw of him, I would agree that, like, ooh, they're really setting up a much bigger bad here Thanos style. Here's sure, the sure. problem. They showed in depth with what I thought was a pretty, a pretty on the nose description, uh, kind of history lesson from Wonder Woman. I didn't like this part. I thought it was really hokey the way that she like told the old story and it went back to. It felt yeah. a little bit like telling the story of Sauron with the rings with the oh sure humans. So I got a lot of Lord of the Rings vibes as she goes back and ta- talks about how Darkseid and his minions attacked. Yeah, it actually shows him and he speaks number of times in this flashback scene mm-hmm. he lands he smashes the formula reveals itself so like yeah 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 he sees it he knows where he is he's having this battle he gets mortally wounded because they all team up successfully and send him yep. flying back into space yep, yep. and for some reason for thousands of years he doesn't know where this is <laughs> now <laughs> you see so you say that right and i'm like oh so is that what that symbol is because that makes sense. I thought I thought when he because he struck the earth and I thought that was him just kind of like being like I'm That's a badass. What I thought, like, but, but Steppenwolf he yeah. discovers it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, this is. The, I don't know if that is the formula or the symbol that this is where the formula is. So, I'm wondering if I'm wondering if in that moment when Darkseid did that, he just didn't know what that was. But then when Steppen because Steppenwolf says show me he's po- he's taking his hand and he's putting it in the um in yeah. one of the cubes so I'm wondering if the cube is telling him because otherwise you know, how would he know it's also possible that that is a mark that Darkseid made on that l- world when he landed mm-hmm. and 
and he did that mark because he wanted to remember where the formula was. So it's possible that like the or formula that. was there, he made the mark so he could, you know, someday, you know, so he wouldn't lose where it, so I understand there's some different yeah, yeah, aspects yeah, yeah. That I might not be understanding. Yeah, okay, me so neither. as yeah. a as a non mega DC fan, I can tell you I watched the movie. I had headphones yeah. in, I was paying I was paying attention. Right? I wasn't playing something on my Switch while it was on. I was paying attention. I did not find it to be very clear yeah. why Darkseid couldn't have found this on his own a long time ago. So yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of jokes out there about like the Darkseid's the most powerful man, you know, being in the universe, except he doesn't know how to use a GPS. Like I've seen <laughs> lots of jokes out there about that. Yeah. And it's possible that they explain it. There could be a throwaway line where they kind of mention mm-hmm. like the way that they were, you know, sent away was like, I don't know. They were warped or portaled somewhere, and they didn't know where. Like, I, mm. I don't know. I don't know how this happens. How they can't get their way back. Maybe there's an explanation for it. I'm sure someone out there knows it. Yeah. I just found it to be. It, it to me it diminished the uh, kind of the aura of fear around this big bad. You're right. The yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah. it was like you didn't know how to find this place. Like, yeah. You were just <laughs> here. Like you were there. <laughs> it's right under your feet. Like, honestly, if they did that with Thanos, if they had had him early on, like, see where a stone is, and then later he doesn't know where that planet was, then I'd be like, what? Like, how how do you not know where that is? So, (laughs) anyway, I digress. That was, to me, those are some of the few negatives. I got to make sure that I say some positives. I I did think that it was entertaining. I think they added... Snyder did a good job of adding the right amount of levity. It wasn't cheesy. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't groan with what a dumb line. I liked that Barry Allen as Flash was really the only lighthearted character. Bruce Wayne threw in a couple so of awkward. singers here and there, but like yeah. it was appropriate. He's kind of he's a grizzled like old him, person. him and Alfred, right? Like the kind of yes. banter between him and Alfred. Like yes, and I thought it was good, and it wasn't like overdone. Right. Um, so I, I liked that. I remember I posted something about how I wasn't really digging it after the first part or two, and people were defending it like, oh, you just want some jokes? You should go watch this instead. I'm like, I'm not saying I want jokes. I, I just want a storyline and characters that I care about. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes Huber can help with that. But in the end, Snyder did a good job of creating a storyline that I cared about. I wanted to see how it ended. And yeah. characters that in general I really liked. I loved the cyborg character this time around. And yeah. I, um... I loved what they did with him. Again, I, having not seen the original, I don't know how much they showed of things. So it's like I don't know how much backstory they gave of Cyborg and um, and the Flash, um, Aquaman. Like, so uh, Jason Momoa. They, they gave pieces of it, but not only was it different for some of them, okay. it was completely different. For yeah, others, yeah. it was just a lot of missing pieces. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like Jason. So <laughs> Jason Momoa, I I'm, I surprisingly did not hate in this movie. Um, to me, he's just like the muscular, like attractive guy that just happened to kind of get into Hollywood and people give him that role of like, oh, he's he's got muscles and he's hot. Let's put him in this movie because of that. Like, that's the vibe I just get from him. Same with um, coincidentally, uh, the guy that's um, playing uh, Deathstroke. Um, oh, yeah. Um, that was Joe, in True Blood. Joe's Bib- something, Bibli, I don't know what it is. The guy who names. I believe they will eventually cast as Kratos when they make that movie. But Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, to me, those same energy, same yeah. energy, just like Hawkeye with muscles that they just throw in movies to just have the women be like, oh, look, a Hawkeye in this movie. Um, but I didn't, I did not mind Aquaman in this movie. He, he had like a generally serious tone, 
which yeah. I appreciate it because that's kind of the tone of the movie overall. Yeah. Whereas the Aquaman movie by itself looked like there was way more kind of goofiness and like he he just kind of like had more of that like dude bro tone. That so I, I don't think really... this is supposed to take place before the Aquaman movie. I think I, I think so because we're getting introduced to him. Right, right. And he hasn't quite done whatever. I haven't seen Every... Aquaman either, and I need to. It's on my list. I yeah. need to watch it because um, I've heard it's actually a pretty decent movie. Okay. Um, but um, but yeah, I, and so we're introduced to him. We can tell he still hasn't found his place both in the human world or in the yeah. whatever, undersea well, world. because <laughs> he's half human, half um, right. at- Atlantean, if that's and, the right and word. And he's being begged to come back and lead the people, take his right By Willem Dafoe, by the way. By Willem did, freaking I, Dafoe. I did not know Willem Dafoe was in this. Because I saw him in the beginning where it shows the name. I was like, Willem Dafoe? He's in this Willem movie? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I love I thought he. I thought maybe he voiced one of the villains and they just modulated him so he couldn't. But no, when I saw him, I was like, oh, look at his long hair. Look at this guy. <laughs> Dude, I love Willem Dafoe. He's, he's awesome. ageless. He's the best. Yeah, he is. Um, but yeah, no, I. so I, I'm with you. I liked I liked Aquaman too. He had a uh, I couldn't care less vibe about him. But then when Forrest, when things kind of when push came to shove, you could tell he actually kind of did. And I liked yeah. that. I think they they needed a character like that on the team as well. Yeah. Um. Kind of the no nonsense tough guy. And I thought it was cool. Like, listen, by the end, did they have a ton of like high five? We're a team working together moments. No. They this this Justice League movie, even the Snyder cut. I think had more, hey, individually, we are all really cool superheroes who can do cool stuff. And they had a few moments where as a team they shined. And it was especially evident at the very end, the final moment when they each had a hand in defeating the villain. And I thought that was very cool. And that kind of left me wanting a little more. Like I wish they would have been able to work together more because there's such a buildup to them truly working together. That being said... This is probably why there's the big hashtag and big movement to let Snyder yeah. keep going because yeah, yeah, chances yeah. are pretty good. That's what we would see if he had a chance to keep going. I think we would see a much more cohesive uh, Justice League group. The only reason I say that is because in the first Avengers, for all the flaws that it has, mm. I thought that final battle, which is like a 30-minute sequence, maybe 25-minute sequence, yeah, had yes. so many awesome, we've never seen this before, teamwork moments between the Avengers. You got to see everyone from Hawkeye and Hulk and Iron Man, Captain America, Black Widow. They're all working together in so many cool ways that I think the the bar was set pretty high for a superhero team-up. I didn't think this one delivered in a ton of ways, but there were some cool moments, especially while they're trying to, like, make a break for the tower. I thought there were some cool moments. I wonder if if Snyder just kind of wanted to do it more, like... So, like these people haven't known each other for that long, right? So True. they're kind of like in the beginning of like their relationship, like learning how to sort of work together. Because I mean, you have Batman that's just straight up a, a just a normal dude. And, yep. and he's trying to kind of keep up with it, which he, you know, he, he kind of does. He definitely he does. You know, he's, he's holding his own, but he, yep. he doesn't have superpowers. Right. Um, but then you got like this fast dude and this guy that swims in the ocean. And then you got this Amazon. So like all these different people coming together, trying to be like, how are we going to like kind of figure out how our powers yep. mix together? So I don't know how I would um, do it either. Like, how do you have them fight in the ocean, but also in the sky, but also. Yeah. And then like, I'm not saying that'd be easy. Well, he but, surfed down on that one uh, freaking enemy's body. Like <laughs> that was awesome. That was that was very Legolas. Right the moment. building. Like yeah, yeah, that was a very Legolas in uh, yeah. Return of the King moment. Um, yeah. You know, I think they're also unfairly compared 
to like the fourth Avengers movie right. where you see these battles where all these characters, like you just mentioned, the Justice League folks haven't known each other very long. All these yeah. Avengers characters have been working together for so long that they, I mean, dude, that final fight in Endgame, oh, dude, is one of the best things ever. And now it has its cringe moments, like the girl sure. power moment was so stupid. <laughs> um, Hey, but that is not progressive of you. <laughs> they no. What would have been progressive is if they would have just had the girls all be awesome regardless. But they had sure. to have a moment yeah. where they all posed together like, "Oh yeah, girls," and it was so dumb. Um, it would have been just as dumb if it was like, "It's the boys on this side." Like that would have been just as stupid. Women did cheer in the theaters, and in, in the theater room I was in, there was uh-huh. definitely like, Ooh, like girls cheering. It's like, all right, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I think mine had an audible groan. I can't remember, but anyway. Um, all that to say, there are so many cool moments, even in Infinity War, when you've got Doctor Strange and Spider-Man teaming up together for the first time. And, you know, it, it just works perfectly. And it's just like, it's one of those things I, you I, just I, get chills and you're like, oh, yeah. where's the rewind button? I got to see this again. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I am not saying that Justice League as a movie franchise needs to get to that level immediately. Mm-hmm. I just felt like, and it's, again, it's probably unfair because of all the superhero stuff I've watched at this point now. I felt a little underwhelmed when the action finally started happening yeah. at what they delivered. It felt a little bit like, okay, that was fine. But I mean, I've seen Zack Snyder do some insane stuff in 300 and in the Watchmen and some of his other stuff, even Batman versus Superman. I thought they had better action moments at times. So I, wonder, I was a little underwhelmed for a four hour movie when it came to the action, when it was all said and done. Well, not, it, not, it wasn't bad, just a little. Yeah. Underwhelmed. yeah. Well, so I'm trying to I'm trying to kind of like compare to not that there's like actual numbers or anything, but like in the DC universe, like Superman is like Superman's like Goku from Dragon Ball Z. He's just like leagues ahead of like anyone that's in the room, right? Whereas like when and you're thinking like we're saying like yeah yeah exactly. and, and, and like with the Marvel movies, it's like you definitely have some players that are, like Captain Marvel, for example, right? Like she's or, almost. Yeah, like, are kind of almost, like, at that level, but, like, even Thanos was still kind of, like, deflecting them a little bit, you know? Whereas, like, Superman at the end of this, like, he's coming down at that axe at Cyborg, and it literally just, like, thunk, like, he's just, like, just thuds on his shoulder. He he goes, just freaking, like, a little, like, blowing a leaf off of it, it, like, just ices the axe and then smashes it. Which was cool, let's be honest, that was cool. yes. But, but it, like takes he's the, just... it takes the threat away when he's around. Well, that's that. what I mean. It's like it's difficult because you're trying to balance all these characters that are like different power levels, so to speak. And then like they're really just they're really just trying to fend off Steppenwolf. But like Steppenwolf is stronger than all of them. And then Superman just comes in. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to finish the job. Well, so. that's why when again, we're doing spoilers here. When they do bring Superman back, you know, they use one of those cubes and the power of it to reassemble him and kind of bring him back and to he's life. Fused and, and he is it's almost like he's come to being for the first time so he has no knowledge of where he is he's trying to he's trying to like come to all he knows is there's a bunch of powerful people around him and they seem threatening yeah 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 yeah. and when cyborg's auto defenses take a shot at him that's when it sets him off that scene i thought was probably the best action sequence of the Mm. whole movie um just for me personally i thought it was very cool and it was genuinely scary because if superman is out of control yeah like (laughs) that was terrifying i'm like how are they gonna stop him and thankfully of course lois lane's the only one who could stop him because no one else can uh batman's (laughs) best technology gets easily wiped out you know aquaman and flash accidentally run into each other which is pretty funny (laughs) it's like dude 
I'm so sorry. And he points at him, you know? (laughs) I like that. You know, and even Wonder Woman at her best, like, she tried. She's the best that they have up against him, but even she can't. So that was great. Um, And I thought that was a great action sequence, especially as Flash is trying to, like, move around behind him. And then Superman starts moving at his speed. And it's like, (laughs) holy crap. He's just stumbling at, like, maximum speed, like, speed of light. He's just stumbling on the ground, like, oh, shit. Like, what am I supposed to do? That um, was a very cool moment. I got to give that – even though I like, made fun of the slow-mo and how the action yeah, yeah, yeah. sequences weren't quite what I wanted, I loved that whole action sequence. And that slow-mo moment worked great. I yeah. thought really great. So I don't know if we want to end on this I, I, last point or if we can keep going. But like this – so there's something that I was thinking about afterwards and I was kind of trying to piece it together that I was like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting. And I'm wondering if this is going to feed into potentially the future like – whatever justice league movie or some of the singular movies of the different characters so martian manhunter was he in the original whedon cut no i don't think he was right listen okay. if he was i didn't remember him and that's surprising because he, he looked would stick out like a, he looked like a homeless vision so i, I would have remembered him i think <laughs> yeah yeah he looked like vision mixed with superman but kind of kind of like yeah homeless pretty much um so or he like, shows he, up... like Vision's rock star twin, you know, who's like yeah. been out on the road for too long or something. Yeah. Just grizzled. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, grizzled. I'm sorry. If you're a DC fan, maybe that was like the moment for you. Mm. I saw it and I was like, all right, it's some super powered, vil- you know, person or character, not villain, super powered somebody that I should probably care about. But then when he said his name, I was actually like, okay. But yeah. listen, I'm not going to pretend like, you know, Captain Marvel isn't a dumb name. Like there's other, there's dumb names across all yeah. of comics. I know there must be a but, reason why his name is that. I'm sure right. there's a history behind it, and we just don't know because I'm not. Yeah, I'm not as privy to the DC yeah. lore. Um, but it was but, it was a cool way to say a lot more is coming, you know, or could could come. So, but like so, the first scene that he show so that he shows up and technically he's disguised as someone else. Right. And it's that but, it's that actor that guy who plays that colonel or whoever yes. he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, but that scene confused me at first because I was like, all right, so I I would assume he'd have to meet a person to be able to turn into the uh, into them. And I don't know if he's ever met Martha, Martha Kent. Right. That's her name. Right. Martha Kent. I think he has because I think that character is in the DC universe that general. Well, sure. Right. I just I didn't know if they had crossed paths or anything. I don't um, know. But oh. why why would he go to Lois disguised as Martha trying to get her out of her funk? Because like, he knows that Lois is the key when they bring Superman back to making him himself. I, th- I think that's what it's supposed to be. I think it's that Martian Manhunter wants the Justice League to succeed against Steppenwolf and Darkseid in this case. Mm-hmm. And I think he could see all the events unfolding and knew he needed Lois Lane to stop being a shut-in and needed her to get out there. So I, that, I makes, think. that makes sense, right? That does make sense. But then there's the scene later on that bet when when – Batman Bruce is having sort of like that deja vu moment. He's like, I remember Barry showing up through almost like a portal thing as I was sitting in this seat, telling me that Lois is the key. And and um Diana is like, Yeah, she's the key, the key to, you know, getting Superman out of you know, like we just revived him. Right. He he was he was fighting us and and she got him to be aware of who he is. And he says, No, no, I think it's something darker than that. I think and, in each parallel universe, she means something different. That's what I took from that. Because later on, so then there's the epilogue at the end. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if you want to end on that. Yeah. But the epilogue, which I'm I'm assuming is completely new, completely. Because Jared yeah. Leto, 
Jared yeah. Leto, the 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 Joker from the Suicide Squad movie, is the Joker in this epilogue. And he's part of a ragtag team here. Yeah. A completely different style of Joker, like more right. of like a regular Joker instead of like the weird like I don't know what you even want to call him in in Suicide Squad. I mean, like, he's he looks like a post-apocalyptic Joker, which is what he is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But like then but Batman and him are having that exchange yep. and and he mentions killing someone saying her which something happened and i don't know if it's something that maybe comic book readers know this yeah because you know maybe i'm assuming this is a a timeline or a storyline that people are familiar with i am not familiar with this although it's it's a really intriguing idea where something happened that made superman flip and turn bad and it has to do with a decision that bruce made at some point that let lois die that made superman turn evil which this whole Sandy post-apocalyptic world, he's had those flat those visions before. Correct. So here he is now in this, and they're showing it again, but a bit more. And he's there with Deathstroke, which is weird because then you have that other scene where Deathstroke seems like he wants to kill Batman. Yeah, kind of like in the real version, Deathstroke yeah. is being hired by Lex or partnering with Lex yeah. Luthor to go. But Cyborg so, is there, and and Barry's yep. there, and then the chick. Um, from from Atlantis is there, and she even mentions I Johnny think Aquaman's girlfriend, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which which is surprising, right? Because I feel like she's my probably not going to be in movies anymore. But here she is acting in this new scene that Snyder did, like because there's all that kind of stuff going on with her. But that's a whole separate thing. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's just the the main thing that Joker says to Bruce because he loves getting under his skin and and mm-hmm. making sure that he knows you're not actually a hero, and here's why. And he lets him know that like, hey, how many. And how many universes did you save yourself? Are right. you alive? Because, you know, and it makes it sound like whatever Bruce did saved himself and got Lois killed. And yeah. that's why Superman know, is angry. <laughs> it's super angry. And so I don't know. That's fascinating to me. I think that's yeah. I'd love to see that story fleshed out. I don't necessarily want to see a story that we see parallel universes all in one movie. I'd love to just see a tell me the parallel universe story. I want to see the evil side of all this just as a, that's just me. I'd yeah. like to just see that story. I don't really necessarily need to see them jump from universe to universe, but maybe there's a creative way to do that. You know, I'm no, yeah. I'm well, maker, that's but. why I was bringing up Martian Manhunter. Cause I was almost wondering, it's like, I know Martian Manhunter becomes part of the justice league, but like it, I don't know if I was reading it wrong, but I was like, are they almost trying to frame him as like maybe a bad guy here? Because like if he was going to see Lois to try to kind of get her out of her funk to then like, I don't know, be in a place and time where she shouldn't be or something or I don't know. There was something there that I was piecing together in my head. And it's like later on then in that epilogue where they mentioned her, you know, having been killed and so on and so forth. So and then, you know, I shouldn't even say alternate universe. It's possible that Snyder was letting us know, like, this is the future of this universe. Yeah, That's also well, a possibility I should consider. The, fl- the Flash can can mess with time, as he literally did in this movie, because he runs faster than the speed of light and apparently right. just kind of rewinds everything. So, yeah. Right. It, and that's a pretty common thing. I know that's something that in the comics is, uh, is often um, explored with the Flash, him, like, kind of messing with time because of how fast he can, how fast he can go. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated by this new cut because it actually makes me interested in more of the DC stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm also in a way less interested because I know this was a one-off and outside of some miraculous change of heart by lots of powers that be, yeah. This is the last we're going to see of his vision of that story moving forward. So, 
you know, I'm fascinated by it, but then also kind of like, yeah, it is. It was what it was. It was entertaining. It had some cool moments. There's some potential there, but you know, the DC yeah. for whatever reason they can't get their stuff together and keep their characters all in one cohesive universe. Yeah. I don't know why they just they just can't do it. They just can't do yeah. it. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, maybe but. just keep making four-hour-long Justice League movies. Did you Don't like even... that that little Green Lantern reference with the ring when they were telling the old story? Yes. And, yeah, yeah, and Darkseid yeah. tried it, it to grab zipping. it. Yeah, yeah. It was zipping around, and then it kind of went off somewhere. Yeah, well, yeah. he almost grabbed it, and then someone stopped him or knocked it, and then it flew off into space, which is, I yep. assume, where eventually the, the modern-day Green Lantern somehow connects with it. But anyway. Ryan uh, Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's o- all coming overall, together. Overall, I thought it was good. I might even rewatch it. It's pretty long, but this is the kind of thing I could see myself putting because it's 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 split up into parts, almost like episodes of a mini series. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you treat it like, hey, I'm going to binge back through that show again, um, especially for a show that's only got one season, basically, I could see myself doing that again. And now that I know the full context, I bet that I would enjoy the opening parts a, a bit more. I might even go back and and revisit Batman v Superman. Man of Steel isn't quite as important. It's really Batman v Superman and this kind of work as one flowing, you know, arc yeah. of a story. I mean, the events but, of, the, especially the end of Superman does affect, especially in the beginning of Batman it v does. Superman. Because it's, yeah. showing, it's showing the fight and sort of the damage that they've caused to, um, what is it, Metropolis? And, right. and them kind of like doing that real world thing of like, yeah, there's like these gods fighting and they're literally destroying and, and people are dying. Millions of people in the city dying. Like, yep. so that was a great that, premise. But that movie yeah. also struggled to really find its footing. Yeah. Again, not yeah, yeah. bad, but, you know. It's swimming in sevens. That's what these movies are. They're swimming in sevens. <laughs> Which can be enjoyable. Can Definitely. Be enjoyable. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, as a very casual, if anything, comic book reader, I didn't have any strong opinions going into any of these. I just wanted them to be good and cohesive and make sense and, be, you know, be fun. And for the most part, Marvel's delivered on that. They've missed on a few. I haven't loved all those movies. Some right. villains and characters have totally missed. Yep. Um, I thought Age of Ultron was good but maybe it really missed on a couple things i feel like they should bring ultron back he's just awesome it was a kind of a weak way for him to go i thought but uh, anyway spader yeah yeah i loved their that take but um but yeah that one landed for me and the dc movies have just outside of the nolan trilogy of batman movies they've struggled to hit like i loved wonder woman but then the sequel was bad and i really like shazam but that's kind of more of a comedy superhero movie and i I have no problem with that i loved it i thought it was fun but i don't take that as a serious dc entry so they're um, doing black adam which is the rock's gonna be portraying black adam and i heard pierce brosnan's gonna be in that i just heard about that yes yes 007 yeah the old 007 that is uh the so basically the snyderverse is the uh equivalent to greedfall for, for Derek, the, or, the Snyderverse it, it, is the Snyderverse is like Greedfall and Maneater and Outriders all yeah. mixed together. Yeah. yeah, it's just for Derek. This this whole <laughs> series of movies is just all for Derek. <laughs> oh no, just... not not Maneater. He didn't like that. Mortal Shell. So it's sure. Greedfall, Mortal Shell, Outriders. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Just a just a bunch of mediocrity for our good pal Derek. Derek, we're throwing you. <laughs> love here because we miss you buddy so all right well listen we kind of went long there at the end but it was interesting i do i did find that to be a fascinating this is really a first time that i've ever seen anything like this with the movie being yeah recut and put back together in this way where it's in all these parts and now it's released across a streaming platform like this is all new territory for most of us so 
if nothing else, that's interesting. But I love that I started out with such a negative opinion of it. And I I had watched like an hour, maybe an hour and 10 minutes and then turned it off because it was late that night. And then I moved on to other stuff. Uh, and then when I came back to it, I didn't rewatch that. I just picked up right where I was. And the movie really grew on me um, after a while, even though I hated the four, three screen. I, I kind of, <laughs> I, I think once I got over it, it took me, it only took me like three, four minutes to not even notice that anymore. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. It was whatever. I um, appreciate that. They allowed the man who originally started making the movie to just follow through and finalize his vision. I mean, he had a vision. Snack Zyder vision. <laughs> the snacker vision. The snacker vision. Yeah. Snacker vision. Yeah. Over overall pretty good. I'm with you. That's cool that they let the creator come in and, and yeah. do that. That's not something that you would normally see happen, I don't think. He got to spend a buttload of money doing that too. Like Yeah. Anyway. Let him keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going, Zach. All right, well, there's the moral of this episode. Monster Hunter Rise is great. Valheim is still super addicting, and Snack Zider is uh, Superman. So I want to snack on the rest of the movies that he wants to make. All right, <laughs> yeah, I'll, well, I'll accept that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, guys, thanks for listening. Now this episode got a little long. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of what Daniel would call our fireside chat. Um, fireside. <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.